this going. All right. And after uh, this video. Trying to bring home the gold. Oh! I am not gay. I have relationships with women. Sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> that came off a lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that was something. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, WWF SummerSlam 1993, and we're also doing our August 1993 award show. This is getting some color, the recording session. Um, and usually what we start off is the first blood report. Uh, so let's let's get something out of the way before we get into the big AEW news because oh 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 AEW got some juicy fucking news uh so is that I mean it's technically still AEW that we're dealing with John Moxley but as you can see in the intro if you're watching the video there was a kiss off uh with John Moxley and Eggy Effie. Effie I think his full name is Effie LePew I've never heard of this guy until I, I saw this. And I, I know I'm like a week or so fucking out, but it's, it's like I said before in the chat, I'm like a boomer in terms of like social media or whatever. Yeah, you guys are fucking wrestling boomers. I tell you. Yeah, <laughs> Effie, get with the program, guys. Effie's the next big thing. Fuck him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was listening to uh, Cornette's podcast and somebody, they had gotten a bunch of messages in about like that match and clips of it. And I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? I got to go see this. So I, I like looked it up on YouTube immediately after that. And I'm like a week behind on those podcasts too, all the time. So I watched it and I watched a clip of, of him putting him in his, like one of Mox's finishes is the rear naked choke, right? Mm. So he's got him in his, one of his finishes that he usually beats people in. And he's like, dude, he's jerking himself off. Like it's autoerotic asphyxiation. In the middle of his finish. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, I don't like Moxley, but god damn it, what the hell? <laughs> See, my, pro- my problem with that promotion, GCW, is like, they sprinkle hardcore, obviously, in there. Oh, that was that was from GCW? I wasn't aware of what pr- promotion it yeah. actually was. That was a GCW title match from um, oh about almost two weeks ago, yeah. What it, the fuck? Because you know that promo that I posted in our messenger? I forgot his fucking name. I don't know who he is, but I was like, this is a fucking good fucking promo. Uh, because it was like Ricky Morton and him and other people that are fighting and shit. But like, it was a legit promo, like a Terry Funk type of promo. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? And then GCW does this shit. And I'm like, is indie promotions and... Uh, a little bit of AEW, kind of like we're trying to cater to everybody. Like I, I, I it's silly. I don't know. I mean, lot, could, indie wrestling's just indie wrestling, right? It just does mm-hmm. its own random shit. You, you can literally end up with anything. A robot can butt fuck a chicken in a, in a hardcore death match. Now that's just how that goes. Yeah, and that's where all the carny shit like gets talked about. That's why you have Randy Orton that kind of like shits on it a little bit because I don't know because a lot of people be like just it is what it is 
And I, I guess I got to put it that way. But when you have your AEW interim champion doing a kiss off and a, a jerk off spot is like, yeah, where the guy's not selling his fucking finish. He's, he's, he's jerking off. He finds it pleasurable. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, it. that's the whole thing. That's, that's his gimmick. Cause he's like, he finds pleasure in pain so he can, so he gets off on being hurt. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of like the fiend, but if the fiend had a boner the whole time, does GCW have a age restriction? Because like, if I brought my kid to a fucking wrestling match and I saw that behavior, like I understand you're watching two men's in tights and sweaty, and then like taking fucking light bulb pictures to people's fucking foreheads and watching them bleed. I don't know like, how many people are bringing kids to those shows anyway because of the yeah. I mean, you have lar- large crowds actively like throwing sharp objects and yelling like hard R's at people in the middle of a match. I, I feel like in like I mean, at any point, just like the wind could blow and it turns into a clan meeting. So, and, <laughs> like I'm just saying, like just because we're already there, like I feel like yeah, man touching another man's wiener, guy touching his own wiener while he's being choked out, it's not not that bad. Yeah, in comparison, not, I'm just saying, like, is eh. like, listen, like, if Orange Cassidy uh, did it, I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> if uh, uh, I'm trying to think, of Marco stunt that that midget um, and dwarf other, dog sucker, yeah, just like all the jobbers that are technically still signed with AEW. Like, if one of those people do it, I understand. Like, they need to. That's what they did back in the day. They did some outrageous shit so that they could go over. Uh, I totally get that because you have to make a name for yourself. Look at Joey Ryan. He was nothing before he became the the strongest dick man ever. Uh, and that was his gimmick for a while until he got, uh, you know, me too and everything. Um, but like when you have your champion, you have all these serious mid tier, high tier wrestlers going in there doing a spot like that. And you have them, your fucking champion now that beat CM Punk. You're just like, oh, it, it it makes you kind of like now I understand back in the day where where Jim Cornette's like, you're, 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 you're fucking the business up. What are you doing? Like, I get it now. But the, again, this is a new generation. They don't care about kayfabe. They all just want to have fun. <laughs> and then that's what happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just saw it like like i said in the chat like i understand to some extent wrestling can be a little goofy it is fine i have a certain tolerance for some of that stuff but i don't like it when the stuff in the ring gets perpetrated as being like a total fucking joke and that's what that was and that guy's gimmick is a fucking joke and he's he's making fun of gay people it's a negative stereotype of gay people too that's his whole gimmick. It's a bad one. It's like a really bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, he, is he gay? I don't know if he is or not. But like, and, and I want to, and I want to make this clear, by the way, because a lot of people that know me or like think I'm like hate gays or anything. I don't care if you're gay. Like the thing is, like, look at uh, I made the comment in our uh, chat. Did you see Pat Patterson ever fucking rim job someone? And I know that didn't happen with Moxley. <laughs> But like, do you see him doing a, a spot like that? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, played. if things would have went differently on Raw, we might have seen Pat Patterson rim job Vince McMahon. <laughs> bro, I got but a great idea, saying. bro. Listen, bro. I kiss my ass club. Pat like Pat's it. gay, right? So what if? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to put that out there. Like, I don't care what you do. Like, have fun. But that there's a difference between showing it to live people um, and, and, you know, doing it in the bedroom. And I'm not mm-hmm. calling John Moxley gay because obviously – he has a wife and a kid, but then again, you know, that doesn't matter these days anyway. He might have some unresolved issues that he needs to confront, though, because there's too many. It's happening too much. He's kissing men on TV too much. There, there might need to be a conversation there. Maybe it's, he's like, get- it's like when uh, Bugs Bunny fucks with Elmer Fudd by kissing him. Yeah, but that's that's kind of how I look at it. But he's a rabbit. I'm not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, like, you're the, the whole logic thing of it being – like, I, I'm very far on the side – that you're on Zach of is very stupid. Like it's just it's too far into the goofy. Like I I don't need that. It would be like if um, if you went back to Orange Cassidy's old gimmick and John Moxley decided the way he needed to be Orange Cassidy was to be lazier than Orange Cassidy was. Yeah, it's like effectively what he's doing is like, oh, I'm facing the the token gay guy in the deathmatch club. I better be gayer than he is to win. Like that just doesn't make any sense. To me, it just kills his whole gimmick, which is. A little preposterous anyway, because of all the promos Moxley ever cuts are like bullshit 75% of the time anyway. Mm. <laughs> you talk about he wants to chew bones and fucking drink blood, but like he'll fucking blade himself in his match two minutes in. He's the first one bleeding. It's like that meme I showed you all of like, oh, I challenged Moxley to a first blood match, and he's like, Ugh! like a Dragon Ball character because he realizes that's his weakness. Fucking. <laughs> 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 And let's be fair, too, because there is spots, even during, I believe, WWE, where there was a like a kiss-off kind of thing. I forgot what match it was. It was probably during the Kelly Kelly and uh, Eve Torres fucking era. Um, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar kissed each other like yeah. angry high-T gay men do when they want to like one-up each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's just, that's the whole it's own thing. Like if you're just not comfortable with seeing it's whatever. I mean, Dubs, I, I feel like we're getting somewhere. Like if you ever, you ever kissed a man before? No. Oh, see, so yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And, and you, never, I, you never you never kissed, and I don't mean like 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 you know like kiss your uncle or something because it was like an accident or something weird like that. Because uh, you passed a potato salad, and you turned the wrong way, and it's like, oops, we brushed noses, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kind of family dinners are you having? Holy shit! <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh but uh but no I'm I'm talking like hard like you actually give a full on kiss to another grown man. Like if, if I mean no. I guess if you've never done it, then I guess that's that's part of it. Doesn't doesn't make you gay. Just... Yeah. Like I, I'm part of the remember when uh oh my god, Titus O'Neil when he like kissed his kids, I was like, What the fuck? That's his own thing, but yeah, that is a weird thing that some people yeah. do where they kiss their kids on the mouth and you're like mm-hmm. You just kiss your son in the mouth on national television? What? <laughs> and Tom Brady yeah. does it too, and it's like, oh, what, like what? What are you doing? But it's like, weird, bro. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a little. Uh, that's, that's, uh, we could be here all night talking about weird ways people kiss other people that they shouldn't. But hi right, guys, welcome to Kiss Cast, where we talk about like the way <laughs> people kiss, and we like extrapolate on that and peel the onion layers off to get to the core of the issue. Next episode. How- how how many times did did Joe Biden get some color by 
by using the, his lips to rub the back of, of little girls' heads. I don't know. I'm getting weird with it. You know, just uh, oh man, we could go so many different routes of like weird <laughs> kissing situations. But point is, the wrestling the the wrestling thing was weird. It was kind of dumb. It and I, I guess because kayfabe was kind of dead, like people tie in stuff. How many people that actually watch AEW are even aware that match happened? I don't know. Like, Nobody, because if you yeah. check Twitter, uh, every time Mox was like shown on Twitter, I was looking to see like, oh, what'd you do? Would you do gay shit? <laughs> and like, there was nothing there. It was, nobody cares. And I guess it's. I guess I'm, I'm just fucking old, man. <laughs> I just yelling at the fucking clouds, like you said that in the the messenger that one time. Just oh, dubs yelling at the the clouds. I, I I want the old days back, and we're gonna get into that with your news about the old days. But Zach, did you have anything else? Did you want to add to the to the kiss gate? Um, it just it also it made me hate Moxley more because he just has no self respect, <laughs> and. What I was going to say was, you can't have this gimmick of I'm a badass fucker that fights people in fight clubs and I, I, I fight for real. That's like my fucking life. And then you like do shit like that. He fights with fucking, love. He fights with that's You can't do that. That's why I can't take him seriously. You think you think Brian Danielson would do that? No, he, he fucking talks shit to people. He fucking uh, rams his legs into people's chest. Yeah. Do, yeah. you, do you think, do you think uh, Cesaro would do that? I'm sorry, Claudio. Do you think Claudio would do that? I don't know. I don't know, actually. That's questionable, yeah. <laughs> too. But I don't think Brian Danielson would fucking do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> he'd, he'd have more vegan food than Kiss, probably. Uh, Brian Danielson would probably play with Orange Cassidy, and I'm sure it's already happened, and I haven't seen it, and that's probably as far as he's willing to go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy is—he's kicking me. Look at this guy, and then he kicks the fucking shit out of him. That's what makes it funny. But yeah, I wouldn't have—I wouldn't have minded that if that, or like the reaction that Mox would have had to the guy doing his own gimmick would have been to like be angry about it because he felt like he was making a mockery of him. So then, uh, and maybe that's what like they were initially going for, but it it, it, it did not come off that way. Yeah. Uh, what's, not, what's also funny too, timing wise, like this is before Mox and Punk cut the promo they do, where Mox kisses Punk. But that's kind of like, but the thing there is like, out of context, without that, like that kind of makes sense because that happens a lot in UFC, right? Like in in like UFC, like standoffs before a big match, like a title fight or something. If guys are kind of heated when they're doing like the the weigh ins and stuff, they'll mess with each other and they'll get face to face. And sometimes a guy will give a little smooch and it pisses the other guy off and like. It's like, oh, you're trying to get heat by pissing him off to swing at you. It's a, it's like a thing to provoke him. Um, I think it's kind of like the Lesnar. That was the, the like you said, the high T thing with the Lesnar angle. It's kind of what happened there. So, uh, <laughs> like, if you don't know this whole like thing with Effie happened and the GCW match happens, it's like that doesn't matter. But then like you know that it's like, oh, kind of takes some wind out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, I we can talk, we can go on forever about where takes are with Mox. I, I'm definitely higher on Mox than you guys are, but at the same time, I, it's to me, it's getting kind of stale. Um, especially because of the takes of, well, we say this and that, and then different things happen in the, in the matches. So it's, it's not my thing. But, like, I'm not like, oh, God, I hate wrestling, and I, I'm going to go, like, you know, cut my, my wrist while I watch old ECW VHSs or some shit. Like, I'm just, somehow. 
Yeah, I, I got, <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine watching what's going on. It's just not my cup of tea. It's just like what how like the, there were people that watched and didn't like Hangman Page's uh, run, which others did, but it's its own thing. So I think, well, we there, that's a whole different discussion as far as that thing. My my thing with Moxley now uh, with his run, like in the beginning when he came to AEW, I was like, holy shit. Um, and then when he had to run in the beginning with Jericho, uh, and when he was like, remember when he was like drinking all those white claws, remember when they were all like, uh, sponsored and shit or whatever on the Jericho cruise, like he was, he was all like, I guess he was all drunk, I guess, uh, <laughs> being all madman. Like that was interesting. But then you started noticing trends where he keeps on doing the, the fake punching spot where they're like look like he's like going crazy but it's like just a bunch of misses uh when he throws his fist and then it just does the same same move set over and over again and it just, it's boring and then it, like punk said in that promo against him he's like you know i would you know your forehead it looks like it's about to bleed or whatever um like that's his gimmick he does the same moves and then he has to bleed and then he goes out and everybody cheers because everybody loves blood so I guess he's doing his his deed, dirty deeds. Sorry, um, <laughs> but Zach, did you? Uh, that's it, right? Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Um, and I also want I'll, I'll close with this too. I was a guy that was really into John Moxley before, and I was really pulling for him. And we're we're talking like 10, 11, 12 years ago. Uh. And then he got in the WWE system and he was like cool in the shield, even though he had that US title for like over a year and never fucking defended it. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. That was fucking strange. And then like uh at first when they broke off, I was like, Oh man, he's gonna do it. He's gonna break out, he could become the biggest star because I know he can cut these fucking crazy promos that remind you of like Roddy Piper or something. And that didn't happen. And he never had any great matches in, in WWE at all. That's the not Stone Cold Podcast. Like, the Stone Cold Podcast like was weird with him. And then when he got into AEW, I was like, okay, maybe he'll be cool now. And he kind of was for like a minute. And then I, I, I started hating his matches because he kept doing the same kind of shit like a lot. And mm-hmm. Here we are now. So that's it. I just I don't know. I just that offended my sensibilities as a wrestling fan. I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Booker of the year. Chaz. Uh, what about you? What's your, what's your news? Cause you said you had some news and you were yelling at me today. So what's your news? Oh, I mean, I mean, where do you want to fucking start? Just there's all these like uh, updates and, and reports of all the, the fallouts happening backstage in AEW. Um, I don't, I didn't know if we want to cover, Briefly, what happened on the episode yesterday before, or go into just all the stuff that uh, that's going on? But um, I, I, I mean, or... I mean, I don't know if we do. We want to have a discussion, like because my thing about because the only thing I cared about um, was Punk versus John Moxley um, for the title, and I was remember my prediction. I was like, oh, this is when MJF's going to come. This is what's going to set up the pay per view that this is going to be good for AEW. This is what's going to, you know, shine for the title match. And then like, cause I was waiting for it to be the main event, which it wasn't. Uh, and it was 
apparently on the first hour. And no, uh, it was second hour. It, it was actually in the dead spot. They put it in the spot where they normally do their token women's match, which oh is even God. weirder. It's uh, it was weird. I I I mean, I, I want to I'd like to talk about that because I mean that's that's a very divisive thing, and I I I didn't know how I felt about it the first time. I had to go back and watch it again to see how it felt. It was like, Ugh. uh, but. I don't know. I think conditionally it it might play out okay. I, I think the biggest problem I had with it it should have opened the show mm-hmm. because first off, poor Ricky Starks goes out there and cuts a damn good promo, but it's like the, you know, the crowd is dead. Like the crowd is so like baffled about what they saw, like just the air was taken out of the room. So yeah. it just didn't give them a chance to process what he was doing, and he cuts his awesome promo like. One of the best promos he's ever cut, and like it, it does, like the legit, like I can talk and cry at the same time, like awesome promo, and I feel like it just was not grasped the way it was it was meant to be, um, but like you you could have done exactly what you wanted to do by having the show open with that because it also would have given off this uh, it would have been the, the swerve in the way of anytime they've had one of those long matches that go to a draw, um they always had to open the show. So it would have made sense. If you see that the first thing you think, Oh, this, this match might go to a draw. Like they're going to actually fight for 60 minutes. And then you get this huge swerve where it doesn't happen. And like the, the angle they're trying to go for in like ways of like, you know, you would think about like realistic combat. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Punk, Punk ends up injuring his leg because he can't put the weight on it. So then he can't, he can't catch the, the check that his mouth is, uh, or he, he yeah, he can't catch the check that his mouth wrote. Uh, in that respect. So that's like, again, emulating like a, a real sport, which is, it's kind of neat. But the problem is, is now is the, in my opinion, after I've watched it, I'm fine with what happened, but I'm, I'm with, I'm a little nervous about it because I, it has to have the payoff. If, if the payoff is we just end up with Mox just either not defending the title at all, or there's not something else that happens out of it then this is going to, like, hit very flat. So I'm willing to give them the, the time to see if it does. But at first, it I was rubbed the wrong way by it. But I think that's because I'm instantly conditioned to think, well, that's it. But I know, knowing that there may be more to it. But if there's not, it's going to hit really flat. Um, if they don't, and they, they do one of the other things that's uh, been talked about, uh, such as uh, Punk is actually going to come back and they're, and they're still going to have Punk versus Moxley at the, the pay-per-view or, or the other would be if there's some like weird way where somehow MJF takes on Moxley at the pay-per-view and wins the title, which would be awesome. Then I, I think this could be pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think what pissed me off is the spot where it was at. Um, maybe it was a little my fault of thinking, cause the way it was booked, it was like booked that it was going to be a false finish. Like, everybody thought that, I think, that they were just like, oh, you know, they're doing it on live TV. That means we're going to get a sample of it, and then we're going to see it at All Out, which it still could happen. There's still, like, what, two weeks away, two more Dynamites before uh, All Out, or is it one? Well, there's only one more Dynamite. So they they have to build on one week, which is terrible. Um, 
if it's a new person, that's terrible. That means it's going to be one week, unless they're doing some weird Tony Khan. I have a special surprise for you of someone new, uh, and that's what John Moxley's going to face. But that's kind of like cheap, cheap pop right there, in my opinion, uh, for the for the match. Um, but if you sell it, I guess where Punk is like, doing like a Christian thing and like one more match, and like you know maybe fuckery happens then where MJF comes and you know fucks with him on the big stage all out. I mean that would bring a big feud to CM Punk. I'm fine with that. If they do that, that kind of saves the situation a little bit. But I think, if anything, you should have had... If CM Punk is truly still hurt and he still needs to go through therapy for it, um, I think they should have just waited until All Out to do the spot. Well, the report from Meltzer is that, that uh, Punk is fine. Punk actually is still healthy. He's ready to go. This whole thing is an angle that was specifically pitched by Mox that... Punk approved because of how it would kind of tie the angle. The whole thing is, if you think back about what Punk has said in uh, uh, at least leading up to this, especially that that uh, promo exchange, you know, Punk was kind of sitting like a dickhead, and then he, he got his his foot was put in his mouth metaphorically uh, because of what he said. I mean, again, don't get me wrong, I, I was actually kind of cheering for him in this respect, but looking at it objectively, like he was coming off as the heel going to the end of this match. And if you just look at it purely from how the match went, he got squashed. Again, it's because of an injury that happened. But, again, in real fighting, like, that can happen. Someone, any person could, like, get the, get their teeth kicked in by a slip-up or something. So um, that's what happened. So the idea now is that you feel sympathy because this, this other guy now injured his foot or whatever. Or that's the idea. I guess it's pushed off. So then – um, you know, if they do the rematch and he's like, no, I have to redeem myself and try to fight no matter what, then they could do that. Like, there's still a way to salvage that, and maybe that was the whole point, and it may come off better and the payoff is worth it. But until now, we just don't know. So it's kind of like you got to wait and see. And if it if it hits like a, the, the old sparklers at Revolution 2020, then uh, that's going to suck. But what we won't know until we see it, or 2021, rather. But uh, the uh, – the, uh, the only two things I think that the outcomes that can happen that make this salvageable are what I just said, some, the rematch with Punk, and they tie it up together, and it actually works out. Because um, then Punk can still come out of that as a face. Or the other would be if they if MGF comes back. My What I would like to see, I know it won't happen, but since I'm already there, might as well throw up my, my fantasy booking. I want Mox to come out and just act like he, he's like, I'm the, I'm the ultimate badass. I eat snakes for breakfast, and and, and shit alligators or whatever bullshit he's going to say that doesn't make any sense. And then he he issues an open challenge. So he, like actively, they don't have any plans going in. Mox does not have an opponent going into All Out. He comes out, whatever part, point of the show, calls out an open challenge. Anybody that wants to come take him on, lights go out. Miseria Kantari plays the, uh, the, the song that Punk used to use for ROH. They do the big spotlight where he's like wearing the trunks and everything. And the person that's coming out, it looks like it's going to be Punk. And he takes off all his stuff because everyone's a hype for it. It's MJF dressed up as Punk from the ROH stuff. And he comes out and challenges Mox. And, and he beats him. 
To mm. me, that that would be really fucking hilarious because the heat he would get for doing that in Chicago would be just atomic. You know, be uh, sorry to like uh, I'm feeding off of your bucking here, but what if like Punk came out because he's pissed that like uh, MGF uh, is using his theme and his gear, and he tries to help out Mox but ends up fucking Mox, and MJF is the champion. Yeah, some uh, some other things I've listened to talked about how like there are if the subtleties and promos that have been cut over the past year by Punk. He's you know the big one was the one he cut with MJF where he talked about when he wakes up, he looks in the mirror and says, you know, am I the bad guy? Can I can I be the I'm trying to be the good guy? Uh, so the whole idea is he keeps kind of leaning into this thing where he's been trying to be the good person, but like clearly against Mox, that persona wasn't enough. So then the other side of it is if Punk does come back, Lee realizes, no, I have to go full heel. So in Chicago, he, he issues that challenge and makes it sound like he's going to be this fighting person. And then when he fights, he actually does like the one thing you wouldn't expect, which is he brings MJF back and he and MJF become like have a partnership. And he uses the dynamite ring that he used to beat MJF to beat uh, Moxley. To get oh, God, that would have so much heat, too. That would be that would erupt in heat yeah. as well. Like there's there are a lot of ways this gets saved, but those are the like I don't see how there's anyone else um, that he can fight unless uh, they they do the the 2006 WWE callback and Mox fights God. Oh God! <laughs> it just fights the, the fucking spotlight. <laughs> Magic God is like, hold on a second, Mox. Why did you kiss another man? I must challenge you. Fuck! I don't think God laughs that way. <laughs> I, mean, I could hold it in. Asshole? What do you mean? Yeah, he's an asshole. He's not. Uh, he's not a fucking mark. Now I'm. Just <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. But it's. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I. I'm fine with play it out. Let's see what happens. I bet we, yeah, we can move on. Well, we can we can literally sit here and just bullshit about this. And there's way juicier things going on in AEW right now, like how people in the back hate, fucking hate each other. Let's talk about that. Yeah, can I hear some of that? Because that's like something I've been kind of alluding to, and I've heard you know. And it was like I was saying in the chat, it was like, oh no, everything's kumbaya and rainbows and horseshoes backstage and everybody loves each other and they're all friends and it was like, well what's funny is the stuff that's getting reported a lot about is the stuff that they think that might be worked angles that, that are that really are just works like there's maybe some kernels of truth but and that's like the punk's unhappy blah, 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 whatever um the actual stuff that's been reported now that it, apparently it's been a big deal so um there was an emergency backstage meeting uh, where apparently Tony Khan went all like white claw and hype and stuff. <laughs> and it was a thing where he's trying to address problems where they're going to do a better job of communicating the talent to help with frustrations. But they also are trying to promote that, you know, we're a team, we're a unit together. Um, there's actually an official report where Tony Khan and AEW actually sent official letters to the legal team within WWE uh, related to contract tampering, uh, which is a thing that's been reported where I guess at least one AEW talent had come out anonymously and said that they had been contacted by WWE, but they're still under contract. So we could end up seeing some lawsuits and other stuff there if that goes further. Um, I want to interject something really quick. Sure, sure. That's a little bullshit and hypocritical because they've done that 
to WWE talent. Well, I'm I'm sure, yeah. And and again, Jeff Hardy. Uh, more, more directly, Evans, no, yeah. Well, there's, there's uh, more. Oh, I'm sure there are plenty. And again, the thing is, this is one of those things that goes back to the old like Monday Night Wars days, and even prior to that, where WWF and WCW were uh, sniping people left and right from each other. Like, I mean, the big one actually, we're going to talk about him tonight. Lex Luger showing up on the first night of Monday Night for that was a big fucking deal. People weren't expecting that, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, so that I think that's a. That that's one thing that was kind of addressed, but then the other thing they addressed was that I guess there are a lot of people in the locker room that are fighting. Um, one report that happened, um, which is a lot of info out now, and this I guess both sides have been played out. Uh, Eddie Kingston uh, has been suspended or was suspended, and now uh, I guess allegedly I don't. It was confusing whether he's actually back or if he's not, but he's not been on television for a while, so it would make sense he's not. But his match at All Out's also been cut. Um, and this is relation to uh, Sammy Guevara cut a promo that, uh, that made fun of uh, his physique. Basically, he called him fat. Um, now, the part of that promo got edited, so that didn't happen on air. So it's not like that aired. However, uh, the, there's some heated stuff that happened. He got confronted. He's like, fuck, you call me fat. Like, and he called him out. And then they, uh, I guess, had an altercation. And... And Kingston took a swing at him. That's that's effectively what ha- that's like the truth of what happened. Uh, you know, Eddie has since come out and said, you know what, you, it is what it is now. I'm still wrong for the way he acted. Like he came out and owned it. But um, Sammy's take, which I guess was released later earlier today, really odd take, goes on this really hard line of very corporate. Uh, well, corporate, but also just very like condescending asshole in this way of. Uh, well, you know, we communicate with each other about things we're supposed to say and what not to say. And Eddie never said that he didn't want me to say this or that. He never came to me about what was okay and what wasn't okay. Um, and I said this, and then you know, he went off. And then he's like, yeah, and Eddie has a past of, of having these problems. And I think they made him get anger management. And he also name-dropped other people that, he's, that um, in the past he's communicated with the right way. So, it, like – it's kind of a, it's a dick way to go to approach it. It's, it's like the equivalent of like you, if you were totally in the wrong, but instead of saying you're sorry, you go, I'm sorry. You feel that way. Um, It's it's equivalent to that. Um, So then there's a lot of heat on, and a lot of people argue, you know, Twitter being the cesspool it is people, you know, yelling at everyone. So uh, everyone's all heated about it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Uh, Here's what I'll say about it. Eddie should have never laid hands on him, um, especially when you're like, you could do that in the Indies. Like it doesn't really matter. And like maybe NWA or something. But when you're with the big dogs, AEW or WWE, you don't put your hands on anybody. It's a workplace. You gotta, you gotta contain that. You can still open your mouth. Because Eddie's never going to close his mouth. So he could have been like, yo, fuck you. Like, why didn't you fucking say that to me? But once you put your hands on someone, like, you need to be punished. Now, I a lot of people said that, you know, why isn't Sammy suspended? I don't know. Um, if someone was being swinged on, I mean, I don't know if you could fucking suspend somebody for... Uh, 
you know, going into business in a promo. Like, what are you gonna do? The only thing, only way you could punish him is doing receipts in in the ring, where uh, you know, a, a, you know, a punch comes in your face, <laughs> mm-hmm. and be like, oops, I I hit you. Now we're even because you said something stupid. Like, I don't mind that unless you abuse it. Like, remember that time when uh, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and uh, fucking, I think it was Mr. Kennedy, where they mm, were, f- yeah. were fucking with that one guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, tough enough guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, I remember that. It's it's hard to not remember that. They beat the hell out of that kid. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, yeah. that was, it was rough. Uh, so, okay, there's that. And again, I, I agree. I'm not, like, I, I'm... There, I think both sides are wrong. Like it, yes. it happened. It is what it is. I, I will say it looks like you know, Eddie's come out and apologized, taking his own blame mm-hmm. for it. He said he's wrong, so it's not like he's defending himself and said I didn't do anything. He's actively come out and said he was wrong. So that's I think that's already done as it is. Um, I think a lot of it just depends on it's like if your career's on the like you know it's it's more than just like if your angle gets killed like that might be your momentum dead and then your your career's dead in the water if someone goes off to do an asshole thing so like i I don't think it's necessarily wrong for someone to defend himself but like you said like you know putting hands on someone like you got to pay the consequences for doing something like that and he did Um, and he owned up it did so that i think that's that's it's close thing it's kind of like how if you look back at the the thing i thought about brett and sean um you know the big thing there is when something happens and it's clearly not what Brett and Sean agreed upon that could be said on live television. Well, they get into it with each other and that leads to, you know, Brett throwing Sean around and like ripping his hair out. Like, mm. and again, it wasn't okay. And Brett, Brett was in the wrong for that. But at the same time, it's like, it's understandable why he would have done it. Like things got a bit heated and people were fucking with each other's careers. And like and- Matt and edge, like when mm-hmm. the whole leader situation, they, yeah. what's, and a, a lot of people that I've been watching on Reddit and, and Twitter, which is both cesspools, by the way, um, yeah. <laughs> they were talking about like, you know, back then, you know, this is what they did, like, as far as like what you just explained. But I'm like, yeah, but the difference is, is that they were still professional doing a program. Like, even though they hated their guts, even though Brett and Sean hated each other, they still did good business until the, the screw job where Brett should just, <laughs> the very yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that wasn't really that them. That was more Vince, but that's the same thing. Yeah. And Matt and edge did like their fucking matches, bro. Like you could tell they were fucking hated each other and they were throwing real punches. Like that was, was fucking cool. It was, it was mm-hmm. cool. It was a cool program to watch when it was going on because of that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But it like, that's the type of stuff that you when I played hockey back in the day, like way back in the day uh, in high school, like when you had a problem with somebody, you did it on the rink because like if you punch somebody off the rink, then you're going to go to jail. So like if I like fucking decked somebody on the ice, what I go in the penalty box for five uh, minutes, like don't take your stick and start chopping it like it's a fucking tree. Then, yeah, you're going to get an assault charge because that's, not what you do. And I think that's in wrestling what you should do. Just give them a receipt. Give them a little fucking a little shiner and then be like, got you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Done. Oh, we're going to talk about receipts later because that's part of this. It's all this news too. But uh, yeah. but that that being said, I agree. I, the one thing I, I wanted to say last for commenting is that the whole communication thing as a defense is kind of bullshit just because rather than – like that goes both ways for both people to talk to each other. 
but it is just as forward as if you're actively going to go off and, and have this, you should bring up what, what you would say. Like the equivalent I would compare that to is and what if, you know, we have the Jungle Boy and, and Christian Cage stuff. What if, just based on that that same type of uh, logic, Jungle Boy didn't go to Christian Cage and say, hey, you can say any of these things, just don't talk about X. Like, you know, don't talk about my dad. And he, he never went to him. And then Christian Cage went on, on live television and was like, yeah, hey, your dad's fucking dead. Nobody cares. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, I wish your whole family was dead. I, I'll, but I'll have sex with your mom. Like, and then he went to the back. Yeah, would you? Would, I, I'm not saying it's it's okay that he, he went and attacked him or hit him, but like in that setting, could you at least understand why someone would be pissed? Yes. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like that that to me would make sense. So in, I know it's not the same. Like there, those are apples and oranges in terms of what people said, but that's also a very subjective thing. People care about different things. So the point is, is that that those types of things are in agreement because they are co-workers so it it's just as much for eddie to go to him and say don't say this as it is for for sammy to go to him and say hey i'm gonna i want to say this or this is this cool with you so i don't think it's it's covered both ways so i again sammy just looks more like a dickhead trying to use that argument like, mm. and again this is the same guy that also said all the, the dumb shit he did about sasha banks and had already has had to go to sensitivity training and all that Again, what take whatever take you have about that doesn't matter. But it's just, it's just like this is already a person that's already said some really stupid things, and it's like, well, what do you expect? So anyway, that that is what it is. Um, apparently, there were some, there were other reports, and the report was just in general sense. There are several different wrestlers that have personal beefs with each other within the company, and some people were saying the locker room feels very WCW. Like, there are people that were pissed about how things are booked. Uh, apparently, Conan had been on a podcast and, and named how uh, the the booking was, uh, at some points, were very chaotic way back when he was there uh, yeah. a couple months back. And, like, literally said it had a very strong late WCW vibe uh, in the back. People were just very frustrated. Um, the, the in, Within the women's group specifically, Thunder Rosa has a ton of heat with a lot of other wrestlers, which is a, a thing, I guess. Um, apparently, I'll oh, go ahead. Can we talk about that? Uh, yeah. Because there's been a lot of false rumors, by the way, about Thunder Rosa. Now, keep in mind, I will, I will give some leeway to the people that are pissed off about Thunder Rosa. The it is true that Thunder Rosa and uh, Jamie Hader are nuclear heat. They fucking despise each other. They hate each other. Really? Yeah. And um, when she relinquished her title um, last night, um, there was reports that she, Thunder Rosa was hiding in the bathroom because she was scared of uh, Jamie Hayter. And I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me that an MMA fighter is scared of Jamie Hayter? I call bullshit. The, there was reports that she has bulges in her spine. Uh, and the reason why she was in the bathroom is that she was canceling herself out because Britt Baker is a fucking cunt. And there's a lot of rumors going around that Britt Baker is very mean girlish, where she's she has the liberties to go into business for herself in promos 
and she said shit in promos about Thunder Rosa, especially about when, you know, I wrestled with a broken wrist. Why can't Thunder Rosa wrestle? That wasn't on the docket. And listen, she's a heel. I get that. But at the same time, there's been talks about her politicking in the back and all that stuff. And it's like, don't do this fucking mean girl shit. It's fucking retarded. I understand people back then in wrestling, there was politic and you had brother, brother, Hulk Hogan politicking and Ric Flair and the four horses. Yeah. I mean, politicking never run away. It's always no. there. It's yeah. just different degrees of it. But I agree. It's, it's, well, and that's the thing. It's, it's going to be there, but it's, it doesn't make it okay. It's, it's dumb in that regard. Like, she had, she has no, like, listen, I understand she, carried the women's division during the hard times and stuff like in the beginning and part of the pandemic but listen there wasn't really she, a lot to carry to be honest exactly like you're you're just growing up to you know actually be a star you're not a fucking full-fledged star yet Britt baker i'm sorry just because you do the d m d go fuck yourself listen no mean girl shit you're a fucking cunt and stop doing that shit in the background. I'm not gonna and Thunder Rosa, you you ain't the bees and knees at all either. Like you're you you grew up in Indies. Nobody knows you. I'm sorry. Except us people, the people that are in the know about wrestling. Casuals probably don't give a fuck. They're probably like, who is this person? And she's always never in matches, she's never defending her fucking title. And I think both sides, again, being fucking retarded, but Britt Baker's the biggest retard in this. Go, Tony Storm. Yes. (laughs) Anyone else you want to murder? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You were kidding. You were going to take some shots. Uh, I I, I mean, I think the bigger problem in the women's division is that you have all this, that heat there, and I kind of understand why some of it exists. The politicking is probably so strong because – Look how little bit of time they get to work with. Like, there's such a small amount of time to have a spotlight. Mm. People are having a claw for it. So, it's probably, it's very competitive. Again, you, everyone's going to want that token slot right before the main event uh, on Dynamite because of the same reason. And again, the other thing, too, is like the other little bit of time that might be given. I mean, Tony's got his pet project, Jade Cargill. That's that's going to be his. And that's not me at all taking that as a slide or, or saying it's not deserved. But I think the bigger problem here is that women's division is a joke. And that is all to the fault of the booking team. Mm-hmm. Like, if they want to do something, they need to fix it so that they're not just having one match and, and not actually pushing programs in a way that people don't care about them. Like, yeah. there's so many people that just tune out. Like, I can actively say, like, well, the shows that I've been to, you can watch when a, like, the moment that uh, we have a women's match, like, the first, like, entrance that hits and a female's coming out to wrestle – you can look around, especially for Rampage. You can look around. People are leaving to go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. I think that is a bathroom break. That in itself is an indication of the booking. You're not doing your, your wrestlers a service that way. And there's talent back there. There are people that look great. Kylan King has looked awesome. Uh, yeah, she's she's really had. Impressive lately. Yeah. And it's good for her that she's earning that and, and the work that she's had. But like, think how many other wrestlers don't even get that chance to to wrestle, you know, Chris Statlander is a good example of someone who looked awesome on television, was doing a great thing. Like she had a great run of things, but then those injuries have bogged her down. And then she made her come back, but then like she kind of got iced 
in a way, uh, because of how the booking is show. It's so I think she's weird. injured again. She is. She's she's out again. She's yeah. got another knee injury. She's out for six to nine months again. And I then wasted Ruby Soho too. Yeah, Ruby Soho just like hit ice. It's just this weird shuffle of things. Think about this. Okay, we have that four way. Three three of the four women have been on television uh, within the last month and wrestled. And one of them is Hikaru Shida, who had this long reign during the pandemic. But Hikaru Shida hasn't been on television to wrestle. And he's been doing like kind of slumming in like dark and dark elevation for months now. And it's not even had any time at all. And like that's a complete waste. Like that, and that's it's not her fault. It's just it doesn't make any sense. So I, I think a lot of the stuff that's happening right now is you're seeing the few people that have that chance to to shine that are clawing for such a highly competitive spot, and it's creating all this animosity. That Man. sucks. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, but that is what it is. I just uh, don't like the I just don't like the mean girl stuff. Like mm-hmm. because you gotta think about it. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and probably other people are just going around probably bullying people um so that they get the spotlight. And what they really need is they need a veteran, a, an actual veteran to come in in AEW, get everybody in the fucking ring, the whole women's division, even if it's so fucking small. <laughs> like even if it's so small. And be like, listen, we need to fucking turn shit around. Do you remember that time in WWE where Stephanie McMahon came out and did the whole women's revolution kind of thing? They need something like that. They need to have meaning in order to do that. And with more unifying effort, because that, yeah. that's is like they had that when that was going when when they made that push. Because uh, it came from NXT. All the women were in on it together. They're like, yeah, we can all like help each other and get over. That was their mentality. They don't have that mentality there. Yeah. Okay, you guys want a hot take? I can throw this out anyway for for the few people that are listening, regardless. That that should be the mentality literally any wrestler should have. What you yeah. do is performance art. I'm sorry if you want to feel like you're holding a title that, that act, you can give it the meaning and it matters, but at the end of the day, you're a performance artist. That's the point. You kind of help mix that blend of uh, fiction and reality. If you want to go win a title, go train and fucking fight in MMA and go actually earn the title because you're not an athlete in that way. You're not actually competing. Someone else is deciding what you get to have, and you're trusting the person that you're in there with to take care of you so you don't hurt yourself. So it's reckless to throw them under the bus too. Like you're yeah. a team, so you should be working with them. Like you were closer to you, you were closer to Broadway than you are cage fighting. And you don't realize it, but it's what it is. And that doesn't make it a bad thing. It's not taking a slight to it because it's an, it's entertaining and enjoyable. But that that's the reality of it. So the person in there with you is is your partner, mm-hmm. even if you're fighting them. There, that's not your competitor. Yeah, and, and I think that's where it gets lost. People have the egos, and that's it's dumb shit. Yeah, feeding off of that, um, I was wa- watching the Ric Flair interview or whatever, and I forgot who he was facing. But what he talked about was fucking big. He said, I'm losing this match. This guy has to go over. I have to make him look good. And everybody should be doing that in the ring. If you're not winning, if you're not getting the title, you got to make that guy look good. Period. You got to sell your ass off and you got to fucking do the job. That's the old school way. But a lot of these people don't 
prescribed to the the old school no, methods because <laughs> they th- they think life is like social media, man. They think, oh, I need to get the strap so I could trend, and that's their whole mindset when they get into a ring. Don't do that. And listen, Tony Khan, you you, I I don't want to like force you to you you got to put the strap on Tony Storm, I think, and then you you put it. You have Jade Cargill, your fucking project, go against Tony Storm. And I think that would be a great match. Um, but I don't know, man. It's, it's The the bickering is kind of getting silly. And when you're going into All Out with all this silly shit fucking going on, it's kind of sad a little bit. And I know, like, I'm always, like, majority, like, talking shit about AEW. And I don't want to do that because... In the beginning, and I still do like AEW a little bit more than WWE because they do something different than WWE. Um, but at the same time, like you shouldn't, you should have control of your locker room, and and that kind of brings up like maybe that's why WWE went away from all the free roam promos. Like maybe that's why it's been scripted because of shit like this that happens in AEW. I mean, I think that has more to do with just Vince is fucking crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that, in a way, they did benefit from that because you do take away those egos. And, again, that is exactly what happened in WCW. People's egos in politicking ruined that company because it pushed people into certain directions. And, more importantly, the finances just got way out of control. And then there was a downward spiral. Um, that, that is what it is, but that wasn't going to happen with, with WWF or WWE because Vince had control. Ultimately, mm. it did not matter what, it did not matter how big you are. Nobody was bigger than Vince. And that's been proved. That was proven time and time again, except for the law. We've learned now that apparently <laughs> Vince was above the law, but, but he was bigger than Hulk Hogan. He was bigger than ultimate warrior and so on. Just, <laughs> just, just not federal law. Um, he wasn't in the nineties, but. Anyway, it's not like I'm shitting on Vince. I, that's not the point. Uh, the, the point I was making is that he had control of his company. Tony doesn't have control of this stuff. I think things are getting out of hand, and that's where they, they need to get control of it because, again, they're going to cut each other's throats, uh, and and then it's going to end up leading to the, the company turning into TNA 2.0. It's going to be nonsense. Uh and and I hate to see that because I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm much more enjoy watching AEW because of what I get out of it. But with the changes that are happening in WWE too, that's that could change a lot. Yeah, and I know, I know we always like joke about how because we just ramble, and that's a good thing for uh, news. I love talking about the news. Uh, but what's what I think is kind of troubling now because. Remember when AEW was like the, you know, on their high horse, like in the beginning when AEW was created, the, the, the vocabulary was we're an alternate wrestling federation we're we're different. We're not on the same page as WWE. And I was like, OK, I could dig that. You know, they're being alternate if you want something different, because we all liked NXT and then NXT kind of got stale because of all the changes that Vince did. So we mm-hmm. went to AEW because it was a different thing than what we were seeing in WWE. But then something fucking got so retarded when Cody, which is funny because now he's with WWE, but when Cody took the sledgehammer to the throne and then they were talking about the Wednesday night wars and they were trying to like do this whole fake war thing. Now, now the, 
the administration in WWE's change. It's not Vince anymore. It's fucking Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, and and Triple H. Things are kind of going in the right direction at the moment. And I think that's kind of scaring. I don't know Tony Khan. Maybe he's pumping his fucking veins with white claws and he's just like, I got to do something. But I think it's finally dawning on them that we actually now have competition. And I think this meeting should have happened a year ago, not now. I don't even know if it's even related to the WWE stuff. I kind of think more of it like being, when this all started, you had this like, upstart and you have all these people that have a chance now to prove something um that they can do something and and get something on tv and and actually be good because all these people were doubting them so the mentality in the back was just different because people were not working against each other they were working with each other to make the program as good as it could be and then we reach a certain head where okay well now it's really successful and it's grown and it's getting bigger and you've pulled all these big names in and now you've got this bloated roster and you have people that have these big names and they have clout and there's a lot of ego I, there. And now people are no longer looking to try to just make the best show possible anymore. Now you have people that are looking, well, what's the best thing for me? That And Tony doesn't have a way to control that. That, to me, is, my, in my opinion, what's going on. Yeah, and I have to, like, put this in there. I'm not saying it's fully the reason why they had a meeting about WWE, but it's part of the reason because now they could threaten in Tony Khan now because mm-hmm. what back then they would be like, what am I going to go to WWE just so they could ruin my character? Now you have right. Johnny Gargano back over there. You have all the people going back because of Triple H. Now they mm-hmm. could be like, if I don't like it here in AEW, I'll just go to WWE. There's reports of people wanting to go back, whether it's true or not. They're out there. Some of them are probably true. Oh, no, it's definitely something that needs to be considered. So it's interesting. It's Again, for a fan, it's a good thing because you, you have two things that you may enjoy watching and you get to see how it plays out. But the chaos stuff is a little little much. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to point out something that uh, Zach had mentioned. Uh, and it's just it might add a little bit to the punk uh, Moxley thing. So you mentioned, um, Dubs, you mentioned the thing with Ric Flair about the old school way of being, you know, putting the other guy over. You need to get him over however you can. Mm-hmm. If you if you think back to the history between Punk and Mox, way back when Punk um, helped, like, come up with the idea to help form the Shield and, and push that, you know, one of the things he said about uh, Moxley when they signed him, this Dean Ambrose, he said that he was the WWE's secret weapon. He's always advocated way back in the past about how he, how much he, he praised uh, him and what the potential he could have would be. If you think about where he's at now, the promo we cut to what that led to and letting him squash him. I mean, if we're just thinking on the outside, if, if that was the plan, if the plan was really put Mox over, at least in that moment or spotlight, that's exactly what he did. In that case, like, Punk is Flair and Mox is that, that person that needs to get over and that, that put him over. I mean, whether people wanted to see it or not, it, it, again, it's a whole different thing because it it was kind of shocking. But um, in, in that way, I guess there there still are some people that are paying those nods to the, the older way. But, um, again, I guess that'll also depend on how things play out come next Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's the way it's booked. Like I said, the way it was booked, it looked like there was going to be a fuckery finish, which technically it was, if you think about it, because we all didn't know Punk was going to lose cleanly. So I guess that's kind of fuckery. 
but like, if anything, if you wanted to become the Ric Flair of putting that guy over, wouldn't you want to do it on the big stage, all out, instead of just live TV? But but he might though. That, that's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen yet. And my thing is the the exact thing you just said though is, well, they did this, so this should happen. That's just our squirrel brains conditioned to think that because of watching WWF WWE for twenty plus years. So it's it's weird that that's like again. I did the exact same thing when I watched it. I was like that that what huh? Mm-hmm. And so like you have to look past that sometimes because it it's. Again, that that very quick, like, it's like, again, that rapid eye movement, just fast, like, this is what's happening. Take the pulse as it happens, and then you kind of get that instant gratification. And when we don't get that and we've got to wait and see how it plays out, it's frustrating. Again, so I don't don't know how it's going to play out. It doesn't mean it's going to be good, but we have to wait and see how it it turns out. But, uh, I mean, I don't necessarily think because things don't go the way that everybody's booking, it's a bad thing. Like, if things are things are a shock and a surprise that that that's okay it can be booked that way and, and still be all right but uh this is weird and it's divisive some people there are a lot of people that were praising it and there are a lot of people that are really shitting on it um so i mean if anything it people were talking so i guess that's a good thing but mm-hmm. nevertheless like we i think we beat that horse to death and then try to jerk it off while we choked it out um we should oh, probably that, move on. That's and talk Moxley. About it. Yeah. <laughs> we should. We should probably move on. Was there, was there any? There any other news anybody had about anything? No, I'm still gonna watch all out, even though I kind of like fucking dogged on it for about an hour. But uh, I, I still, I'm still curious because there is thing like all out's always been a tradition with me, and I know it's not been a long time, but like all out got me interested into something different than WWE. Uh, when it was an AEW, uh, when they had that that program, which is a little silly because they had Joey Ryan there with all the inflatable penises coming out and shit. It's druids, yeah. But uh, yeah. But I think it's time to uh, talk to some SummerSlam, right? Sussly. Yeah. Bunzai. Bunzai. Oh. <laughs> I I want to say I like the aesthetics of SummerSlam the uh, the the ring uh, the banners and stuff. Uh, I always turn it on on the WWE 2K games because I fucking love that 90s look. Yeah, this but, is still the classic aesthetic from the late 80s when they first started doing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really changes until about like 97 is is kind of like when they kind of drop that look. And then they find the other iconic look, which is that green and blue that they kind of went with in like 2002 on. Mm-hmm. It's, that's how, I don't know, something, something about them colors. But uh, I, think, I think what really messes me with this pay-per-view, because there's some things I'm like, huh, what changed with the booking? Because I thought Ted DiBiase was supposed to face one, two, three uh, kid. In SummerSlam, did that change because of the whole uh, Razor Ramon coming out laughing at Ted DiBiase? No, he he faced one two three kid again on Raw, and he he uh, I think he lost. Mm. Uh, he got he got fucked with or he he got beat suddenly. But like they were building to a match between him and Razor anyway. Like okay, it, this this was it. So 
we got Vince and Bobby on commentary. No Macho Man, which I thought was strange because he's he's been there for so long now. Now he's not here. Yeah, and Jr. and uh, fucking um... Gorilla Monsoon, they were up yeah. there. They're doing WWF radio, radio, and they show that like a little later. I want to listen reaction, to that. I was like, "What the fuck? Why are they doing radio?" <laughs> it was for the. Uh, I think Vince said it was for the troops or whatever. Um, across oh, I, mean, the... I guess okay, yeah, sure. If you want to do something like that, give them a good commentary team. <laughs> I wish Vince was up there with Jr. and like Grill Monsoon was uh, with uh, Bobby because my God, dude, those two together, fucking gold. Oh my God. Yeah, it would have been good. I would have mm-hmm. taken Jr. too, though. I would have taken like switched uh, Jr. with Vince, D- Jr. and Heenan, which I don't know that that's ever happened. Uh, wasn't it Royal Rumble? Um, not no. Royal Rumble. WrestleMania, uh, but like just those two because Vince was there. He was like a buffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. I always wondered what Jr. and Heenan could do together. Just, just those two guys playing off of each other. But that was like a sh- ships in the nice thing. I see Dunk. <laughs> yeah, one, two, three, my, kid gear. I had to get my. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. The, it's the official snack of the one, two, three, kid and SummerSlam '93. It's got those max vibes. Uh, be- also, uh, the uh, tie-in you had for uh, one, two, three, kid. Uh, the match. It was the match you had with DiBiase where IRS pushed him off. And it was That's right. Huge. And then one that yeah. way. Yep. I'm uh, sorry. Keep going. That's fine. Well, we're we're just getting it. We were talking about the commentary and how they showed like Jr. and and Grill Monsoon up on the radio uh, for the for the troops. Yeah. Um, Don't mind me. Yeah. I'm just dunking some ruse. <laughs> but I guess we'll go to our first match: Razor versus Ted DiBiase. And. uh Oh, no, this, no. You can't play it. Oh, my God, we're going to die. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I dig Razor's pink gear. It's, it's sick. It's a total Shad move. There, there's only other one other guy that, that wears pink. His, his name's Hart. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it starts off with, uh, like, Ted jump starts it from behind and he he starts hitting Razor. He's trying to take his fucking bling off, and they're like hitting each other and stuff for a while. And then I think he backdrops him, and then Ted's like selling outside for a bit. He begs off. When they get back in the ring, that's when Ted does the thing. You know that that, that thing people do where they they maybe they'll beg off, maybe they don't. A guy's coming up to them, and they're, like, on the ground, like, kind of on their knees almost. And they grab their tights and, like, do that thing where they, they lean back and, like, that momentum shoves them into the turnbuckle face first or some shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call that. It's too complicated to call it something. <laughs> but um, that's probably one of the best versions of that I've ever seen, it, it, Ted doing that to Razor. Yeah. Usually it doesn't have that much impact. <laughs> um. I was like, oh shit, that actually looked like it kind of fucked him up a little. <laughs> uh, he's And then after that, he's just getting heat. He's choking Razor. He's doing backbreaker, clothesline him, snap mirrors him, does the chin lock. Yeah. And then Ra- Razor sells that chin lock like he's literally passing out. Like you see him fading into unconsciousness. Yeah. <laughs> he's good. Um, they do the old 
you know, count the arm thing, which I miss. I don't know why they, they ever quit doing that. It's it's a good spot. Um, but wasn't this when Vince was like, hey, look, at his arm is on his throat. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was, and when he was moving him around, he was turning it into a choke a little bit there for heat, and then he would move back into a chin lock. <laughs> um, let's see. After yeah, Razor comes to and he tries to throw, like at some point, like where I got lost. There it is. Yeah, <clears throat> he clotheslines him and he, he like collapses and then somehow he gets knocked out of the ring. And then Ted like fucking unties the turnbuckle pad. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck him up with this. Razor gets back in and he goes to grab him to throw his head in the buckle, but Razor reverses it at the last second, throws his head into the buckle ring, gets oh, him up. Dude. In the ring. That was yeah. that was sick. Uh, but I want to like bring that up, my because my heel autism like kicked in. Like if, if you're gonna like cheat and take off the turnbuckle, why do you like drop it to the ground? Like why didn't you throw it out the ring? Because <laughs> if I, but then again, the referees in this fucking pay per view were retarded. Yeah, a oh. lot of them like pretty super lax with the rules. Yeah. Do you think that the referees that were chosen were just? Uh... Like it was a lottery, and they just went to like Home Depot or something similar to that, and just said, "Hey, you guys are are decent looking guys with with nice nice wavy hair. You want to put a bow tie on and pretend to, to referee this wrestling match?" They went and to they Radio got, Shack. Radio Shack, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it sounds far less racist than what I said. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, they just grabbed whoever off the street, and that guy, the particular guy in the ring right now, he is so happy to be there. At some points, he's just, like, smiling and shit, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop looking. He's a new referee, I guess. I don't know. I've never seen him before. I don't know. Both the Hebners were there, I noticed. I I still can't really tell them apart right now. Uh, So I just say Hebner. If there's a Hebner in the ring, that's what he is, is a Hebner. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think Tim White was there, too, uh, actually. Yes, he was. Um. Yeah, Razor gets him up in the Razor's edge and hits a three. Uh, Dude, I, I what I love about Ted DiBiase, like I thought for a second, I was like, is is he just being old and be like, my back, my back, ah! But like he uh, he sold his fucking <laughs> Razor's edge so cool because he like feared for his fucking life. It's like, it, it, like he was selling like what real he, him realizing he was getting put up in the move. He's like, no, no, ah! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I always like that better when, like, they they do that instead of just, like, they're, like, limply hanging on the fucking cross and they just get dropped or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's always better if they're squirming for it. Also, yeah, that's, that's a good take. but uh, Or this is a good take, rather. Razor's Edge one, probably could be disputed as one of the best finishers in WWF history. Mm-hmm. WWE history. One of the best and one of the safest, too. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why it's so good because it looks like death, and um, that the way he would do it is uh, he would really protect the guy. I mean, you can see there, you catch it for that split second, and then he hits the, the ground. He takes most of the brunt of things with his knees so that the guy doesn't actually get hurt, but it looks like the guy just is going to die when they hit the ground. Yeah. And, they usually just land on their shoulders. It's like, oh. Yeah. And again, it's like they, they look like they're they're falling from such a good height, but they're really not. They're actually falling from just a couple feet because of the way he, he delivers it. So it's a great move. 
it, it looks awesome, so you buy it. And also, he did a good job of protecting it through his career. I don't think in WWF, at least, uh, it, anyone ever kicked out of it. Um, I now, can't, I'm not, I can't that. I, 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 I've seen videos before where people say that. I, at least in WWF or WWE, I don't think it was ever kicked out of. Uh, he just did the simple thing. If someone, if he wasn't winning the match, he wasn't doing that move. Yeah. It's, it's easy. I mean, you know, you do the whole thing where you, you tease it, but you just don't do it. Or you go to execute it and you get reversed and get mm-hmm. digging out or something. Um, I thought this was a pretty decent opener. This was Ted DiBiase's last match in America. Really? Uh, yep. Oh, that's cool. He, he left uh, WWF after this match because apparently he had some marital problems. So I think he was just getting off the road more. So his wife would quit bitching at him, I guess. I don't know. And he, he went back to all Japan pro wrestling, which, you know, that's like a part-time deal. It's like, all right, I'm going to go to Japan for like two weeks and I'll come home and be home for like two more weeks, which is, I guess, a lot better than being on the road all fucking year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did a tag run with Stan Hansen while he was there and they won tag titles. But nice. he, had to re- he had to retire shortly after that because of his neck injury, which I thought he, he had a neck or a back problem here and that's why he retired. No, it was a little bit later. But Ted put Razor over in this match. Good on him. That's the way you do it. it. What'd you guys think of it? I lo- you go, Chaz. Oh no, go ahead. You, you first. No, I just I just like the back and forth. I thought um the the heat was good with uh Ted DiBiase. He was fucking dragging uh, Razor's face along the ropes and shit. Um and then did the whole choking thing. Like at, at a moment, you're just like, "Oh man, Ted DiBiase is gonna win this," and then all of a sudden, Razor got his edge. <laughs> Get it? Um, and you know, just like if you're watching the video uh, on YouTube of this shot right here, this looks terrifying. Of like how Razor has fucking Ted DiBiase. Uh, great shot, by the way, by the cameraman. Uh, I don't know if Kevin Dunn was at this time, was he? He was in the production team somewhere, but say what you will about WWF, WWE, they always have good shots. They get good camera shots, even though nowadays sometimes they do the zoom thing and the shaky cam. They still mm-hmm. do good shots of, of people doing a move or getting ready to do something. Yeah, I, I thought this match was a perfect first match to kind of get the crowd going. And... I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys because we, we know what happens in this pay-per-view because obviously it's in the past and, you know, we all <laughs> know our history. Wait, you guys uh, knew what happened? Yes. Shit. I, we, I went into this with fresh eyes. I, I had never watched it before. He was ready. He's he's on the Lex uh, Express all the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling out like death. Yeah, right? People are like, yeah, whatever. Full of shit. But I thought this was a decent start. I was like going to be like, "Oh man, like they're putting this match in the pay-per-view," but it was good. I gave it a 6 6.2 out of 10. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh good. Great opener. Uh again, I I think you guys have really hit the the good highlights. Uh just rest in peace, man. I could miss Razor. Razor was one of my favorites as a as a kid too. So, I, I just watching this was was good. Uh I gave me a bunch of flashbacks to to childhood memories. Uh, I gave it a uh, six and three quarter chazzes. Very very strong opener. 
I gave it a, a 6.3 out of 10. Uh, I want to, uh, I also want to point out they went full circle here because Ted is the one that introduced Razor and they were together at first when Razor first came in as a heel. He put him out on, put him over on the way out. That's, that's pretty awesome. Especially since he comes in as a face like that. So it's that he reached that, that story arc. Um, you mentioned it too. I totally agree on this, uh, the, uh, the chin lock, the, the, the fall down count. Now the argument I'd have is that the UFC becoming mainstream effectively killed that spot because it makes it less realistic because what happens when someone's getting choked out in the UFC, they immediately call for the bell. There's no check for it. So uh, I feel like that's where that spot faded out. But man, I think who who gives a shit? Bring it back. I love it. I I love it. It's a classic spot. It is. And it gets people going all the time. It's people want to think like all these old tricks don't get people going. That's not true because some people will pull an old trick out. Yeah, the old knuckle lock. When people do that shit, people get into it. Mm-hmm. People get into the the constant reversal of like a regular hold, like a hammer lock or something. People, when you do the back and forth the right way, that really gets the crowd going, people get really into that. But then this happens. <laughs> Todd, Todd Petting Zoo is out there with the Steiner women, uh, their mom and their sister. Yeah, I called him Todd Petting Zoo. <laughs> My, the, be, the, the best part is when Bobby Heenan was like, who's the mom and who's the sister? I fucking <laughs> died, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. But he, he tells her mom's like, you told them no Frankensteiners around any living room furniture, right? She just goes like, right, whatever you say. Like, she doesn't give a fuck what he's saying. She doesn't care at all. And then, like, their sister says a little bit more, and she tries to play into it a little bit more, but then they get interrupted by James E. Cornette. Thank God. Yeah, and by the way, look at this guy with the fucking Burger King hat just fucking (laughs) looking at this great value of Jamie Lee Curtis right here. Hey, (laughs) hey, don't talk about Steiner's mom like that. Oh, I thought that was the sister. I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't remember what the fuck Cordette was saying, but it was something along the lines of like, "Pay attention to these these guys. This this is what peak male performance looks like." And Jimmy Del Rey is out there doing the gigolo dance, and it's amazing. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> and we go into Heavenly Bodies uh, with Jim Cordette against the Steiner Brothers for the the WWF Tag Titles. Um. What do you guys think of this one? It was quick. Uh, it was really, really fast. But a lot of uh, stuff, especially in the beginning. Yeah, this match is loaded, and it it it's as I think it's a, kind of an interesting pick as a second match in a card because of how fast paced it is compared to how the opener was. Yeah, but it, well, that, it, I mean, it's bad. It's good, but. I, I they, they did more of a, a southern style tag match here, which is like not at all like what WWF does. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more in common with the, this kind of a ma- tag match that like some of the more mo- okay, like an AEW tag match. You get little flickers of that. It's like they take it too far though sometimes in some of those spots. Well, you had <laughs> you had Vince being like, "Ref, get a hold of this match," because literally the Heavenly Bodies were like fucking up the Steiners for a really long time <laughs> and they're just you know they're doing this whole tag team and 
that's why I made the joke. I said this referee that's in this match is Rick Knox of all the tag matches that happened tonight. He was just bewildered. He's not used to there being so much action just happening at once. I mean, I know Radio Shack. I know Radio Shack, and back in the day, in the nineties, were fucking crowded. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, you know what? This is actually the guy I was thinking about. I mean, the first match, it, it, the guy was pretty bad, but this this is actually the match I was thinking of. Like this this guy carries a shit eating grin about sixty percent of this match. Like you just catch him looking, and he's looking out in the crowd. And he's like, "Wowie, I made it in front of all these people." And meanwhile, you've got the fucking Steiners beating the shit out of these fucking rednecks. And <laughs> he's not paying any fucking attention to it. Oh, but uh, Jim Cornette could have gotten in that ring, pulled his pants down, and shit in the corner. And I don't, I legitimately don't know if that ref would have noticed. Yeah, look, at his, look at his goofy face. Yeah, he's so I happy to be you. there. He's like, <laughs> he's like. If Vince told me if I did a good job, I'd get a coloring book when we finish. Well, <laughs> yuck. So, He's goofy. I'll do it again. <laughs> One, two, three. Hoi. Any referee goof. That's what we need. Oh, man. That's, that's pretty great. So, Marshmits. <laughs> I'll, try to, I'll try to go over some of this action. Uh, I want to give props to Jimmy Del Rey. God damn it. That guy's impressive. And I just never got to see that much of him before. Uh, he's so weird. He looks like such a sleazy, weird, weirdly built motherfucker. But like, he's good. It's so weird. <laughs> he He is an athlete. But he has the body of you remember that kid in school that God he was such an asshole and like when he became a teenager he had a wispy mustache and kind of <laughs> kind of greasy but then like his dad would show up and he was equally as greasy that that's Jimmy Del Rey but Jimmy Del Rey is an athlete yeah pretty much <laughs> he can Do- fucking move man Do- I mean Doctor Tom just straight up looks like a wrestler he just has that amazing hair he has yeah. like a lion's mane of fucking hair. <laughs> yeah, he, he could have. Yeah, in, in another universe, he he was a little taller, and uh, he was a Von Eric. He was he was a chunky Von Eric. He would have been the best Von Eric wrestler. Yeah, oh, he, was al- he was alive. I mean, so that's 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 actually the first thing. But the same hot take. <laughs> but uh, like they they jump the Steiners, and then they dump Scott. And they beat up Rick for a while, and they do a double flapjack, which caused that crowd to pop big, because I don't think they're used to seeing tag moves like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was like, I think I think Cornette said that's the first time anybody did a flap a flapjack, which that was an old Midnight Express move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this spot was whoa. great, by the way. Cornette's guys do Midnight Express moves. Whoa. Well, he wanted to have the Midnight Express, but he couldn't, because Bobby Eaton was stuck in a contract. Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety three contract. Yeah, he was he was stuck with old redacted. And I think Stan <laughs> Stan Lane was getting out of wrestling. I think he already got out of wrestling at this point. He was like, "Ah, fuck, there he is. He's doing the jiggle." Yeah, it's the, the the shit's amazing. It pops me. Motherfucker's just... got the Carl's Junior star on his fucking knee. <laughs> it does. That's what makes it. Look at how silly he looks. And he's like, "Look at this. This is Pete Bell performance." Fuck, like, fuck. Could you imagine if if they didn't have it out yet? He could have been the Thick Burger. It could have been Thick Burger Jimmy Del Rey. Yeah. <laughs> you know who he looks like? He looks like that guy from Game of Thrones. Oh my God. Fuck. What was his name? 
I didn't uh, watch Game of Thrones. I don't know. God, I'll get back to you guys later. But which asshole? Which aren't they all asshole? I, I was gonna say, of. I was wow. I, was, I almost did a blonde moment. I was gonna be like the one with the beard, but mo- <laughs> but he had beards. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, people, we're, we're playing guess who? You just eliminated five of the eighty people. <laughs> it was the ginger guy. I forgot his name. Uh, there's so many. I'm I'm assuming the the one that was like in love with Daenerys, what Mormon or whatever. Is that you talking about? We're talking about uh, nerd shit. Talk about yeah. these wrestling. Yeah, let's move on. It's it's getting gay. <laughs> it's, it's nerd shit's real gay. Let's talk about two men touching each other in a ring. <laughs> Match anyway. Uh, they well, start here. The, Nobody invited you. Sorry, guys. And shit. And they, they, yeah, they did that spot where like I think Scott shot him off, and then like Tom went underneath him. And he looked down and was like, what the fuck? And then Del Rey came from behind him, a bulldog, and was like, that was cool. I've never seen that before. That's such, like, a simple thing you can do. And it, um, I, th- I think this is the first time we actually seen, like, the Steiner brothers get, like, shut down for a while. Because most of their matches, yeah, they were money ink. Like, they did cut the hat, uh, ring in half um, where it slowed it down. But, like, the they fucked up <laughs> Scott Steiner most of this match. Well, this is the first time they've had a actual match of any kind of length, really. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, I've they, done has been squash matches. Yeah, they did fight Money Inc. like you're talking about, but it, it wasn't even like this match. Yeah. They kind of beat Money Inc.'s ass, really. Uh, and I think Cordette was saying, like, this was they, – they fucking loved having this match because they were finally able to have, like, a tag match again. And they had that relationship of working together before in WCW when it was the Midnight Express and them, and they were having matches, and they loved working with the Midnight Express because they were easy to work with. And they, they helped to get them over. So this was like a really similar kind of a team for them, and they got real comfortable working with them. Um, I like that part where Cornette was pissed off out there, and he was jumping up and down, yelling. It's like his suit was like he was pulling his suit jacket off, and just freaking the fuck out when they were getting their asses kicked. <laughs> but uh, man, they yeah they they just do so much stuff. Uh, There's a spot out there where there I think the cameraman was zooming in on Cornette and he was like yelling at at him. He's like, "Get out of here before you give me an aneurysm!" And Vince is like, "I hope he has one." <laughs> uh. Fuck. What what else they do here? Oh yeah, Del Rey does that fucking sweet ass float over DDT again, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And he does that super kick. And then I, I think Cornette gets a good racket shot because he's hanging off the ropes at that point. Like Scott's trying to get up and he can't. Like Scott gets his ass kicked most of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he hits him with the racket, you go, Oh my god, it, like, I think Bobby Heenan's like, Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I really, I really like the other spot late. I think it's a little later on where um, he's Cornette's going to try to hit. I think it's actually maybe Rick, but or he is Scott. He he tries. He's going to act like he's going to hit him, and then the refs kind of distracted. There it is. He gets up at the top. Uh, yeah, and then he's like, "Hold oh, no, on, I'm going to get him." And then he throws the racket over him. And he throws it over to the doctor, and he gets him instead. Uh, yeah, that was a good shot too. You hear, you heard that noise. That's a good shot. That's also a good pass. Sammy Guevara, you should. Pay attention to that. That's how you throw a weapon to your to your teammate. 
Yeah, dumbass. Fucking yeah. dumbass idiot. Yeah, stupid fuck. Too busy calling people fat. Yeah, you're too small, you little bitch. Yeah, do a reverse moonsault, fucker. I hope you do a reverse moonsault and pow drive yourself. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, at some point, I think Del Rey goes for that float over thing then, and Scott just T-bone suplexes him out of it, which was, like, fucking awesome. That was a great counter. So good. <laughs> and, uh, I think Del Rey tags Tom in, and they shoot off again, and Scott does the double-arm suplex thing, and he just collapses. Uh and that's when Rick gets the hot tag, and he Steiner lines the fuck out of him, body yeah, slams. Those were stiff, by the way. Those fucking uh... Rick Steiner's got one of the best clotheslines mm. <laughs> for real. Yeah, he does because it, it looks real as shit. It looks like it hurts. Something about the way he he kind of like jumps into it, and you just get leveled because that's just like a big thick motherfucker hitting you. Like it's just ugh. yeah, man. No take time. that. There's nothing. There's no other way to take that other than just to take it. It's like the Frankensteiner. When Scott gets you the Frankenstein, you're going over with him, whether you're ready or not. You're going. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to bring this up because I want to. The 90s crowd compared to like modern now crowd, uh, like when shit like Jim Cornette started to like interfere or any wrestler interferes in the 90s, like people were legitimately <laughs> fucking upset. They were just like, oh my God, look at it. What are you, retarded referee? And like now, it's just like they do it, but they know it that it's not real. Uh, I, think, in a way. I think part of it is because of how managers have been made like really irrelevant in like modern wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like no, none of them are taken seriously anymore because everybody took the wrong lessons from managers to apply to themselves. Like the main thing they took was. Managers are comedy relief. And that's not, that wasn't the whole thing. That was just a single aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Because it was a way for uh, them to get like comeuppance, but not on the heel and like kind of ruin his heat. You could, you could get the manager and, and, and he, they could get hit or something, but you, it wouldn't hurt the wrestler as much or something. Yeah, like Jeff Jarrett, like when the Ric Flair's last match, where he took the fucking fan's beer and chucked it in the guy's face. I missed that. <laughs> I missed the anger from the crowd. Uh, the, but, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say, too, is a lot of these managers are just too focused on trying to be funny. And mm-hmm. no, they don't really think of ways to really piss people off like that. And that, that was one of the keys to them getting a lot of heat. Uh, people hated Bobby Heenan because he was a fucking weasel asshole. Yeah. People hate people hate Jim Cornette because he's a loudmouth. He won't shut the fuck up, and he, he keeps doing like like you know snaky little bullshit things. Like he, you see him when he sneaks around the ring in SummerSlam, like he's gonna fucking sneak attack somebody. <laughs> I love this where he's like in the corner in the back in the ring, and he's like he's like slinking like he's playing fucking Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, because he just like causes that reaction. To him. He's gonna do something. They see it, and they get mad. That's, a, that's the best part is that the announcers even call him out, and then I think it's Vince. He's like, "What? What the hell is Jim doing?" And then Bobby Heenan's like, "Yeah, well, he doesn't want him to know he's coming after him. He's trying to sneak in." Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, but the, yeah, the finish was really cool. So Tom gets a hold of Rick, so Del Rey can do the moonsault off the the top rope, 
But then Rick gets out of the way, so he he wipes Tom out with the moonsault. Rick gets up, and he tags Scott, and he shoots Del Rey off, and he just gets hit with the Frankensteiner. And Tom's just dead because he got moonsaulted. He can't get up Rick counseling. <laughs> Burger yep. King guy approves. Yeah, he does a thumbs up right there. Yeah. Uh, good match. Nice to see the starters have a, a a real tag match on WWF TV. I think that was one of the driving reasons why they left was because they didn't get to do tag team wrestling like what they were used to. Because I don't know for whatever reason WWF tag team wrestling is like uh, which way the wind blows. Sometimes it's hot, and then when it's not hot, it's like they don't give a fuck about it at all. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like one of those periods where they really didn't care yeah. about tag team wrestling. Um, yeah. it, the heavenly bodies were sorely needed at, at, at that time. They needed like a good heel team because a fucking money ink was not cutting it. <laughs> uh, 7.3 out of 10. Oh, man. Okay. Nice. Chad's will value. you. Yeah, it's it a great match. Uh, my second favorite match of the card. Um, I gave it seven and a quarter chances, so he and I are pretty close together there. Yeah, yeah, I'm close to seven. I gave it as a six point seven five out of ten. Oh, yeah, I I thought it was great. Um, I fucking love Jim Cornette. Uh, hint, hint. Wait for the award show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I mean, if we're all not just like picking Jim Cornette for everything, then we're doing something wrong, but we'll get there. This guy, Joe Fowler. <laughs> like, how this guy. Why does this guy look like he was the guy that lost the job to Mark Summers to host fucking Double Dare? <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> why is, I don't know, why is he? He reminds me of like, that, that's the guy that didn't make it on Funniest Home Videos. He was like the fourth guy that tried out, and he was like, nah, fuck him. He's he's the guy who tried out to be uh, Gordon Bombay in Mighty Ducks, but got fucking passed off by M- Emilio, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> he's Emilio Estevez a stunt double when they need the white guy in like the lighter <laughs> scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because of Emilio, <laughs> uh, you got it. <laughs> So he well, was, as a thing is, everybody knows that, that they they can't actually skate, right? So that's they had to have they had to have a white guy do the action shots. Mm-hmm. God, this is getting real racist. I I'm, I apologize. Just, Where does Sean get those sunglasses? That's what uh, I want. They're like holographic peace signs. It's fucking sick. I want it. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's back there with Sean and Diesel and. He's, he's just like, well, what, what are you going to say? And then Sean's like, he's going to show everybody why he's the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time instead of Mr. Perfect. Because he's the one that's wearing the title. And then Diesel says, chicks, dick, Sean, I'm just here to make sure to keep him off of him. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they leave. And he's back to you. Simple <laughs> promo. Yeah, what I liked about all of these promos on, on pay-per-view is... They were just short and sweet. <laughs> they were just like, I'm going to go out there and do something. Peace. <laughs> and and Joe Flower, uh, Fowler is like, you know, everything he said tonight was fucking goofy, especially when we get to Hank. I'll tell you when <laughs> we get to Hank. <laughs> Isn't that the guy in the bus? Yeah. I didn't yeah, catch driver. Oh, my God. Hank, Hank oh. <laughs> Holy shit. So, yeah, we got Mr. Pervert versus Shawn Michaels with Diesel for the Intercontinental Championship. Sean's the champ. 
this I, again this is another thing like should we should have we watched the other shows to get the full build of this because every time we watched it on raw it wasn't that big of a build at all it was just like the like sean had a couple of matches that had nothing to do with mr perfect and then and then perfect had a couple of squash matches like over the last couple of months they've really done nothing to build to this specific match but yeah and it's dumb too because it's like they started this at wrestlemania Mm-hmm. It's like usually if something happens on the other shows, like the wrestling challenge or the fucking superstars or whatever, they tell us on Raw they've done that before. But like they, they just for whatever reason they didn't interact that much building this feud. It was like a half-hearted build. It's like sometimes they go, "Oh yeah, Perfect and Sean are supposed to have a program, right?" Yeah, well. Well, pal, maybe this time they'll do something. That that, that determined it that, there. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, let's see here. They kind of do a feel-out process and start, you know, trying to do holds. And they, they, had revert- to get the, they had to get the shots of Diesel being, like, super cool. Yeah, super mm-hmm. cool. Big Daddy cool. Reversing hammer locks and shit, and then Sean gets a headlock, and he does that that spot where you run up the turnbuckle and do a headlock takeover, which is a cool old school move. And Perfect counters it with the leg scissors, and he gets out and shit. And then, and then Perfect starts chopping the fuck out of him, <laughs> like, just immediately. Then it just goes from there. They start doing more spots, jumping around, doing arm drags, and. There was a spot where Perfect Arm dragged him like out of midair when he was trying to do something. I think he was trying to jump off the turnbuckle. And then he arm drags him again, and he almost gets a three off of that. It was like super close. Um, Sean shoots Perfect off, and I think he goes for a Frankensteiner or something. He just kind of like falls on his ass. <laughs> Perfect mm-hmm. shots him out of the ring. And he goes to grab Sean, but then Diesel, like, distracts him. He's like, hey, fuck you. And they, they say fuck you to each other, and then Sean super kicks perfect, like, out of nowhere. Like, they capture that perfectly. <laughs> it's like, you just see the camera. You see a foot hit him right in the jaw, and he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Collapsed. Uh, he gets perfect in the ring, and he starts doing the Dolph Ziggler elbow drops. He stole that from Dolph Ziggler in 1993. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. time travel but um I think perfect says damn it while he's selling you hear it very audibly <laughs> <laughs> hits a backbreaker and then the crisscross really fast a couple times and then perfect just hits that fucking sweet ass running drop kick like out of nowhere from that they're going like 50 miles per hour running past each other just bam right on right in the face Backdrop, good clotheslines. Then he goes. This is where they go into the finish. He goes for a perfect plex. He almost gets three. Diesel grabs him. He gets pissed. He, try, he goes out there and fights Diesel. And then Sean gets hits him. I think with an axe. He tries to go for an axe handle, but he gut shots him. They roll back in the ring. I, they, I gotta, I gotta stop you for a second because that that part confused me because I'm like, this is Earl Hebner or, or one of the Hebners at least because I don't know the difference at this point. Um, and he just like stares at like Diesel and Perfect fighting each other, and like stands there and and I, and what's with Hebner fast counting everything? 
he's a fast counter when there's like a count out. And then when he pins someone, it's like he like instead of being a semi automatic fucking pinner, <laughs> he's like a automatic bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Yeah. You can fuck around. You get countered, it's time to get countered. Yeah, it's, that's no shit <laughs> real right there. But um this was kind of weird. So perfect roll Sean in, Dave Hebner standing like right there. And it's like when he rolls Sean in, he rolls him into Dave's feet and he falls down. <laughs> and then I think that's what Diesel, like, uh, he throws perfect in the, the steps and he doesn't see that. And he keeps counting and he just counts perfect out. He got, mm-hmm. he got counted out. That's how the match ended. And yep, people were not happy. Yeah, it kind of sucked because this, this match was building up good. And then the ending just kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, I think my problem with this match is, yeah, the match was fine, but like the build on it. Because remember when when it happened in WrestleMania, like Perfect was pissed. That's why we got that raw where he like threw Shawn Michaels on top of a windshield, a car. That's fucking awesome. And you were just like, "Fuck, man, I can't wait until the payoff of this." And then it's been silent forever, uh, at least on Raw, at least. There was just nothing going on. Like, they've he been, fought, like, he fought Mario Janae, and Perfect came out to fuck with him, and it caused him to lose, and shit like that. Yeah, and it was, like, very su- subtle. And, like, in this match, I didn't even feel like there was beef. It just felt like they were having a wrestling match, and Sean was just being heel. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's something yeah. else that's, you know, goes on in this pay-per-view is, some of these matches just feel kind of like raw matches a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're just there. It's filler. This was one of them. Yeah, which is very unfortunate because I don't know. I the way I I looked at this match was up to a certain point. The match itself was really good, and then this finish was really flat. And then again, like you said, you take this overall story that's been built up. It's just not been great because it's not really been consistent on raw. So. Mm. Yeah, and it sucks but, that we know the future because it's like, oh, I know he's gonna retain the IC title, so like, nothing exciting is gonna happen as far as the title change. But like, they still did a good job of what they were working with. Uh, I just didn't feel anything. Um, so I'm gonna give you my score now, which is a six point one out of ten. Okay, yeah, I gave it five and three quarter chances just because. The way I looked at it was this match was a 7.5 until we hit in terms of like the work because I just appreciated it strictly for like the, what was going on in the match. And then we got to that ending and it just went and that ending was a four. So I just averaged that out and that was my score. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Oh, it's high on it. I like, well, it was close to a seven. And then, you know, the ending happened, and it's like I started thinking about the whole overall story. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yes, yeah, this could have been a lot more. This is like one of those cases where it's like one of those matchups, feuds, that probably should have been more than what it was, given, like, who's involved. And it just wasn't that way for some reason. Uh, so I agree. And I think after the match is over, he tries to beat up Sean – because he's pissed, he realizes he got counted out. Diesel just knocks perfect out. <laughs> he 
He like punches him and knocks him unconscious. And they they try to leave, and then Petting Zoo stops them, and he tries to do a Vince impression. And by what I mean by that, you know how like Vince likes to ask those really hard hitting questions to like the wrestlers, like he just doesn't give a fuck, and he's just gonna say it. Mm. He tries to do that, but it's like kind of like diet sugar free, no taste Vince McMahon. <laughs> and, and then they're just like, "Fuck off!" I'm still got the belt. We're leaving. And then Perfect tries to run after him, so that's just how that ends. He, so he's it's not over, I guess. Oh, there's there's a guy. There's our guy, Joe Fowler, with our kid. Our one, two, three Dunkaroo kid. That's right. Yeah, that's a man who's talking about wrestling, but really wants to be telling people about the crag. (laughs) Guts. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm just doing all the Nickelodeon game show shots. (laughs) I don't know why, but like when you said that, I was imagining like the one, two, three kid doing the crag. (laughs) You're just beating the ass out of those kids. Like, yeah, he he would be fucking leaping and shit. Like you know it. <laughs> yeah, and you look at one, two, three, kid, and you're just like, wow, this becomes X Pac, Six Pac, and One Night in China. <laughs> you're just like, man, he went from this all the way to carrying a puppy all the time. So, I mean. Sean Waltman got more over as X-Pac. People like to talk shit about X-Pac, but everybody forgets X-Pac was super fucking over. Mm. It's like, I don't know. It's one of those, I'm kind of curious, like when, whenever we get around to that point, we can actually see him, you know, because there's no getting around it. He was fucking over. If you go back and you watch clips of him when he's X-Pac, I mean, up to a point, because there was that period where, uh, was that 01? When he had X Factor and nobody gave a fuck about him anymore. Mm-hmm. But like when he was X Pac with DX and shit, like he was and Kane. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he was over his shit. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be. You can't remember is he is he in the Hall of Fame individually yet, or is he? Is it no? He's just part of DX. But he he will eventually be in the Hall of Fame as himself, and when he is introduced to the Hall of Fame that time. He will be the only three-time Hall of Famer in the WWF or WWE. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. He deserves it. He's yeah. a good guy in real life. He's just had a heck of a life. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> um, He's in great shape now, too. Oh, yeah. For him. Um, yeah, this little interview is quick. And Joe Fowler just asked him, like, what's up? And he's like, oh, man, I'm nervous because this is my first pay-per-view, but I'm going to try because IRS is one of the top wrestlers in the WWF. And I was just like, Maybe okay. you're not supposed to bury your fucking opponent. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I- <laughs> IRS is out there doing IRS shit, which is, this is tax. They call this Motor City. Well, it's Tax Cheat City. And I'm like, is this really all his promos are? Is just like he calls somebody a tax cheat, and he just dedicated to his gimmick. That's yeah. bullshit. If he was really, oh, dedicated, it is. If well, he, as an IRS employee, and this is my father. Um, <laughs> the we repeat ourselves on the phone, so he's doing the gimmick well. He's doing a script. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a scripted like thing. He. He's been institutionalized. He doesn't know how else to interact with people. <laughs> well, he watched too many of those MKUltra videos. 
If you oh. paid your taxes, you would be fine. <laughs> this is like played out as fuck, though, is, is what I was saying when he was doing that. You think, think- he gets, you think he gets triggered at all? He hears a capital gains and then he just flips out. Mm-hmm. Big people with fucking steel chairs. Yep. So the the crisscross kid does leg lariat and he gets a one. That was a good good little move there. And then RS shoots him off and then he does the flap the flying flapjack, the one where you just throw a guy straight up in the air and he lands on his fucking face. It's always a good one. Uh kid. He tries to do it again, but then Kid drop kicks him in midair. He stole that move from Sami Zayn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sami Zayn stole it from him, I guess. Uh, That's how time travel works. Yeah. Iros does reverse elbow, and he gets heat on him for a while, and he slings, He tries to slingshot him into the ring when Kid's like on the apron trying to get back up. But Kid slingshots himself past him and like he he like transitions that into a schoolboy which was like slick as fuck like he did all that in like one motion uh two and then abdominal stretch after a leg drop which I always like seeing an abdominal stretch uh he says he's reaching for the ropes for balance <laughs> which he said that a couple times during the, during the show he's like that's for balance Mm-hmm. And then he says, it's only cheating if you get caught, and it's not it's not bragging if you can do it. And I'm like, I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think uh, one, two, three kid like uh, Sean Waltman was going a little too fast for IRS? Because at times, like, you could tell IRS was fucking tired, and like, Sean <laughs> Waltman was just like, like going really fast. What? Well, yeah, Sean Waltman is like 20 years old, and he's on like cocaine. So he's, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 the kid, the, the lightning kid. kid. I mean, he he was fast as fuck, like for real though. Like he's probably one of the fastest wrestlers I've actually seen at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Rey Mysterio didn't come to America just yet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like Rey's one of the only other guys I can think of that are like faster. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, though. Uh. I think Kid tries to go for Moonsault, and he gets a two, and then he does a lot of mean straw, which is like that crazy pin combination thing. He gets two. And he tries to run the ropes, and then the IRS hits the right off, and he fucking pins him. <laughs> like, three, and I was like, what? Yeah, just- were, you, were you surprised about this? Because, like, at the whole time, I'm like, oh, man, this is how they're going to, like, build up one, two, three, Kid. Like, he's going to beat you know, Razor, then he beats Ted DiBiase, and then he beats IRS, and then, yeah, and then thought, he loses. I thought that was kind of the wrong decision here. Because uh, he didn't have to beat him, like, super decisively. They could just be doing what he's, he's been doing, which is, like, he just... <laughs> oh, man, you know, about this. But, the, like, fucking, the fucking John Madden brain scan. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. But, like... Uh, like he just gets him in a pinning combination or like something unexpected, and he just they they can't kick out because they're tired and old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, Bobby Heenan brings up the brain scan thing, and he he's like, "What? Look at this!" And it, it shows him when he's gonna hit the write off, and he writes ten forty on the screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if that was a dad joke or not, but like it was like. <laughs> It was a very, very cutting one. 
<laughs> I got it. <laughs> also, he says uh, the R and Irwin R Shyster stands for revenue, and that made me laugh too. <laughs> it's Irwin Revenue Shyster. That's that's his name. One thing that bothered me about Vince in this one, because like obviously because one two three kid gets that one two three. So there was a part where he's like, one, two, three. Oh, like, oh. I, mean, yeah. I thought he was gonna get it. Yeah. He's I just doing his best thing. He's trying to yeah. put him over. Yeah, um, Vince, Vince does that a couple of times to the pay-per-view, and it's like this is not the time to come. <laughs> he can come wherever <laughs> he wants, pal, and he'll pay you money to make you shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually can't talk about this anymore. Let's keep going. Um legally not allowed. <laughs> See, this match was okay, but like I said, I feel like it was just like the wrong move. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when, when Money Inc.'s already on the downward trend, and like now Ted DiBiase's gone. It's like, why, why didn't you just have IRS just put him over? Uh, 5.5 out of 10. Same. Got the same rating. <laughs> same! Look at that. We're spot on. It was like, <laughs> just, it was a little better than average, but it was like, that finish was kind of weird, so it was like, eh. Yeah. That. Just felt strange. Yeah, it's just so odd. So we're back with Todd Petting Zoo again, and he's talking to Bruce and Owen Hart. And I think this is what you were talking about, Dubs. Where you're like, Owen doesn't sound like the other Hearts. Yeah, because Bruce is like talks like Brett. Like Brett, like gets excited, but he still has that monotone voice when he does his promos. And then Owen Hart's very like giddy and like has personality and and range. Uh, and man, I miss Owen Hart, man. This sucks. You know what sucks here is Bruce. Yes. His dumb haircut. It's not just his dumb haircut. Did you notice the whole time he was like staring directly into the camera? And it's like, he was was trying to move out of petting, petting zoos like way. So he could like keep looking at the camera. See? Yeah. (laughs) He's, He's fucking right at it. He looks like fucking blonde-haired Lord Farquaad. <laughs> well, he's like being a glory hog. And this is something Brett talks about in his book a little bit too here. Um, which, and there's another incident that happens later in Survivor Series, you know, when they all team up together. Um, well, well, there's a part when we get to it, where which I think is the best part of the night. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, but like Bruce like steps in and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like Owen Hart didn't do it, but he, this Bruce does something. That's exactly what I was going to get to. So like, uh, yeah, Brett's at, comes out, he does his entrance and then Lawler comes out and he's on crutches <laughs> and petting zoo goes to stop and talk to him. And then I like how Jerry Lawler takes the time to tell people to shut up while he's like moving on crutches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just looks over. He's like, "Shut up!" It's just like it's fucking funny. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "What's going on?" And then he tells him basically that he was in a horrible car accident. And he can't wrestle. <laughs> I, I was gonna write something last night. I said, "Should I call out of work and do the Jerry Lawler?" I saved like a, a school bus full of children. And I, I hobbled around on my leg, and I, I've been told by my doctor I, I have a doctor's excuse. I can't go to work for like two weeks. And talk about an old lady who can't drive. Yeah, <laughs> you should have revoked her license fifty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, uh, "I'm gonna 
I have to get a substitute, and then Doink comes out. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was ha- I was happy about that. Doink has, like, a cigar in his mouth, and he's got, like, two buckets. <laughs> and he goes to, like, some kids or, like, some family, and he throws the one bucket over him, and it's just confetti. So mm-hmm. he sets you up. So he goes, and you think, oh, is the other bucket confetti? Nope, it was water, and he threw it all on Bruce. <laughs> and this Bruce got fucking pissed about this because he didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, and that's why he like took the fucking barricade apart and tried to get him. Yeah, there he is right there. And, and like all those referees and shit, all those officials were trying to stop him because he was interjecting himself into like the fucking match. And like, yeah, that, that shit wasn't supposed to happen. So like, I don't know if it was like a, they thought it was a rib or something, and they just didn't tell Bruce, oh, yeah, we're going to throw water on you. I, I I don't, for some reason, that wasn't communicated to him, and it really fucking pissed him off. <laughs> maybe it was Owen. Maybe, maybe like, they told Owen, and Owen was like, oh, okay, yeah. And then he just decides to not tell Bruce he's going to get water thrown on, because that sounds like something Owen would do. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It totally sounds like an Owen rib. In fact, I can see that playing out where, like, on the night, they said something about, yeah, he's going to throw this on you, Owen. And Owen talks him into it. He's like, no, no, throw confetti on Bruce. In fact, you know what? Take the confetti out. Put water in there. He'll love that. Yeah, he'll love it. It'll be great. He didn't love it. He really wanted to fight Doink. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, like, this pissed Brett off because it's like he was interjecting himself into the match and shit. And he does something like this again later, like at Survivor Series. And we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. But um, anyway, he's always mugging for the camera and trying to, like, get more than what his fill should be. But, um, yeah, Brett clotheslines Doink out of the ring immediately, and he starts clotheslining him and shit, and he's just beating the fuck out of Doink. <laughs> and then he got, he tries to go after King, but then Doink attacks him from behind. He throws him into the stairs. And then Doink starts hitting axe handles. And then he's doing, like... He starts getting heat. He starts working his leg a little bit. He does like a shin breaker. He does an STF, which that's cool. You don't really see STFs a lot back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a stump puller. That's a unique uh, submission move. You don't see very much either. And the way they did it, it looked like it fucking hurt. <laughs> uh, Doink hits body slam. This is where shit changes. He goes for a whoopee cushion. Brett gets his knees up and doinks nutsack implodes on impact. <laughs> that wasn't a good a good landing for him. <laughs> I don't think he sold it enough though, honestly, because it's like, dude, you like jumped from the top rope and like you your nutsack landed on somebody's knees. Like, <laughs> I think he undersold it. Mm-hmm. Brett starts hitting him with, you know, hard rights, and he starts, he does the gut shot to the Russian leg sweep. Vince calls it a neck breaker because he's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) He does the elbow from the second rope, and he does the sharpshooter. And Jerry Lawler slides into the ring and hits him in the back of the head with a crutch. Like, and then then Bobby Heenan goes, it's a miracle! (laughs) He starts screaming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I lost it at that point and he's just beating the shit out of Brett with that crutch and then the match just ends in a DQ I guess they don't ring the bell it's just like the match ends 
Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, my friend Soden's here. He said, uh, shout out Soden Bowl. Uh, if everybody's at, uh, into Madden or any sports games or even Battlefield, check out SodenBall.com. Great dude here. Soden Bowl, you spelled here wrong. You spelled it like right here, right now. It needs to be H-E-A-R. I'm sorry. I'm in, I'm, I'm in criticism mode. So anyway. <laughs> God damn it, Zach. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm like re- I'm like reading this sentence and I'm like, what? Then I, then I see what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. If you're gonna post on here, you gotta get your grammar right. Grammar nine. Where's Where's Andy? Where's Andy with our doc talk? He usually says doc talk in the middle of the. Well, I thought Chaz was gonna say something about nuts imploding, but like he was too busy laughing, so he didn't get to do his doc talk about that. So... <laughs> oh, you you muted yourself. You're muted. Shit, I did the boomer thing. Am I on my back on? You're on your own. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, too busy. <laughs> I'm too busy eating, but I didn't want to talk about the perineum. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty funny spot, though. It was. I still think he undersold it for what really happened. Oh, yeah. That probably hurt like shit. The best uh, I've ever seen of somebody selling themselves landing on their nutsack onto somebody's knee from a top rope move was Diamond Dallas Page. He did. He had a match with Eddie Guerrero, and he was going to jump off the top rope like do an axe handle. And this is brilliant. Eddie's counter was to just kneel down. So, like, what happened was he, when he kneeled down, he didn't hit him in the head, and he landed on his nuts on his knee. And DDP literally went, oh, and he threw his hands up in the air and just collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a mega atomic drop. And then Scott Hall one-upped him, because of course he did. Scott Hall went out there and tried to do something off of a top rope, too. And Eddie did the same thing. He just knelt down, and when Scott Hall hit him and he landed on his nutsack, he jumped up in the air and held on to his nuts and just fell over. All right. It was like like the stutter cell, except it was a nut shot. (laughs) Also, I want to get another shout-out here. Uh, cause, uh, Zach, read it for me since you're the grammar Nazi. Let's do one more shout out to this girl, Farah, watching you guys with me. There you go. Shout That's outs, fun. shout outs all here on getting some color. That's right. Get some color. <laughs> That's right. You should go back and watch that, that Moxley Effie match and then reenact it with him. Whoa. Wait, what, what, what's this one? Hold on before. Keep on going, Zach. <laughs> I don't want to press. I have like spicy shit on my fucking soundboard here. I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. Okay. <laughs> no hard R's, all right. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So after this, Jerry gets Doink and he's trying to help him back, and then he just leaves because he's like, ah, "I fucked him over. I got him." And Jack Tony comes out and meets him at the, uh, the entrance, and they have this discussion. And then Howard Finkel gets the word that uh, if Jerry Lawler doesn't enter the ring to wrestle Bret Hart tonight, he's going to be banned from the WWF forever. <laughs> Pretty much. And then Jerry Lawler's like, no! And then Bret just runs over there and starts punching him, and he brings him back. He brings him back to the ring. And this is, like, awesome, because it's like you thought you got fucked a little bit, even though it was an acceptable fucking, because at least Jerry Lawler beat the shit out of somebody with, like, a weapon. It wasn't like, oh, I, I, I hit you, and it's over. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the, the second match starts 
Uh, and like they go back there, and, and Brett even grabs one of those buckets, Doink had, and he just slams, he slams it in Jerry's face and rolls him back in the ring. What is? Hold on a second. I'm sorry. What's wrong? <laughs> hold on. Uh, Soda Ball just uh, subbed to uh, Gifted Subs, by the way. Holy shit. Thank you on Twitch. Uh, he did a tier one to Jason Blue 1018 to Andy to my friend Simmons. And god damn it, I can't do this thing here. What? It's still going. I'm sorry. You guys don't hear this, but it's like going off on the chat right now. Okay. So thank you for the, the subs. Yeah. Thanks, brother. But uh, where, where was I? Oh, yeah. So they start fighting, and then Brett grabs what's left of that other of the other crutch, and he starts beating the shit out of Jerry with it. It's funny because like now this match has started. He's hitting him with a weapon, and the referee's not disqualifying him. He hit him with the bucket too. You could argue all oh, the match didn't start yet because he didn't roll him in the ring and he didn't ring the bell. But still, at this point, they're blatantly hitting each other with a weapon. Jerry even chokes him with it, which is like, it was brutal looking like when he was choking him with the crutch. <laughs> uh, he's just being vicious. When he takes over, he starts choking him and hitting him with that weapon. He hits him in the throat. And it's really not like a, a match. It's more like a brawl at this point. Uh, and from there, I think... <laughs> Lawler splits the difference with Brett. He, like, grabs his legs and nut shots him on the post. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of got him on the ropes for a bit. And then out of nowhere, Brett mule kicks Jerry Lawler in the fucking nuts. You know, the, the kick you from behind thing that Flair does or something. It's, that's very uncharacteristic to see Bret Hart do that. He was also biting him and shit, too, though. Well, you got to keep in mind, this is all building up from that Raw where he, like, disrespected his parents and shit. Oh, so yeah. Kind of makes yeah. sense. It's it's a total flare kick, and it's actually a nod back to... Uh, it's one of my favorite spots. It's subtle, but it's actually a nod back to one of their earlier matches while Flair was briefly still there. Flair actually does this to him. I, I don't know if it's the match where Brett wins the title from him or if it's just a different match that they have, but, but Flair definitely hits him with this identical mule kick. Yeah. And I wasn't, cool. I wasn't criticizing it, though. I was just pointing it out. That, oh, no, I know you were. I, I Just when you brought it up, I was like, oh, I got to jump in and not that spot because I, I was like, ah, you know me, calling out Bret Hart spots in the 90s, and this is literally a Bret Hart match in the 90s. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we got to call it out. Yeah. Uh, this is At this point, Bret takes back over, and he takes, his, he takes his strap down, and he starts beating the shit out of Lawler, and then Lawler takes his strap down too, but he can't do anything because he's getting his ass kicked, so it's just funny. <laughs> and then he gets backdropped, he picks him up, headbutts him, and hits a fucking pile driver. And I was like, nice! Second, He does the, the second rope elbow again. He plays to the crowd after that, Brett does. He's like, thumbs up, no, thumbs down. He puts him in the sharpshooter, and then he just taps out. <laughs> But he doesn't let go. The bell rings, and he holds it, and then a bunch of referees come out, and he's like, let go, and they try to get him to let go, and they can't pry him off. And he holds on to that fucking sharpshooter for, like, five minutes. Best par- <laughs> best part of the match, by the way, because you have Bobby Heenan that's fucking going nuts. 
Yeah, he's like, why won't he let go? Why don't these referees do anything? He's he already... <laughs> The WWF officials are doing nothing. They had their hands in their pocket. <laughs> then finally, like, Owen and Bruce come up there, and they talk to Brett, and then he, he, he lets go after, like, a few more seconds. But then <laughs> they announce, like, the decision was reversed because of what Brett did, and Jerry Lawler wins the match, and he's the undisputed king of the World Wrestling Federation. And I thought that was great. <laughs> it's like he fucked himself over because he was so mad. <laughs> and he still gets heat after he's gotten his ass kicked and he's nearly crippled. He's still getting heat. <laughs> like, they're trying to get him. Like, Brett goes over, he starts punching him, and they roll him out on a stretcher. And then, This part. This then, part. Oh, uh, it's the fucking Bruce. is like, you get him, get him. Get him! And then, like, Owen tries to get him a little bit. And then that guy, one of the officials or whatever, he just grabs his stretcher and runs. Dude, that <laughs> was funny. That was the most funniest fucking shit I saw in my life. Where just Jerry Lawler is on a fucking stretcher. And they're running away from <laughs> the there's like people, There's, like, people throwing garbage and shit at him. And he, he, puts his, he puts his finger up while he's getting wheeled out like i still yeah. won fuck you all it was perfect <laughs> so i have i have a little story to share about this this match so my, my peacock fucked up during this and i don't know what happened but there was like a blip toward the end of the match and it like went out and i kept trying to get it to play and it would not play the very end of this match in the post segment so I wanted to watch it because I remember like the infamous thing about uh, the stretcher shit and uh, him holding the the uh, sharpshooter. So I went online to like find it and try to like YouTube it or find like some video or something. And I ended up finding a video, and it was it was linked to the same thing. And the guy has the whole match like laid out, and in the little timestamp that he has to get to this part, it says Canadian hero cripples a pedophile. It's the funniest fucking title to have. <laughs> You fucking murdered Jerry Lawler twice. Oh man, I know it was. It was just fucking funny. Like every like name he had, he had like a different name for each like little timestamp in the the match, and he just had like ridiculous like things. I can't. The one about doing the clown was was fucked up too. But um, but uh, I I I thought that was pretty funny to see. But uh, ah, damn, this match is so good. Isn't this my favorite match on the card? Yeah, I I I uh, graded it. Separately with the Doink and and Waller match, by the way. That's what I was going to ask you or establish. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't separate I, them. I kept it together because they didn't technically end it. Although when you look it up, it says that they ended the the match. It was two separate matches, and they ended the Bret Hart Doink match as a no contest. There was no winner or whatever, but really no one did anything. Chaos happened, and then Jack Tony was like, "You get back down here, Jerry." Or, or, you know, Finkel's like, you have to come back or you're banned forever. Um, so I, I counted it as always one big thing and yeah, fucking loved it. It was great. It was a roller coaster. Yeah. I wrote, <clears throat> this was fucking fun. The King is so great at getting heat and selling. Uh, you want another guy you want to watch for, like, as a heel, this is how you should sell is Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and his psychology too. He he's great at like doing all these little things to get people pissed at him and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler should have beat the Miz for the WWE title. Oh man, yeah, people wanted it. Yeah, that guy's a master. Yeah. He, he, he 
keeps it up with that thing where people pop if he just takes his strap down. Like that's a that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brett, of course, was great as always, and this was cool because it was it was a way to show Brett could get vicious and angry, which was something I think he was lacking previously. Even when he was a heel before in like the Heart Foundation, he never really got like that. He wasn't fucking biting people and kicking them in the nards and like beating the shit out of somebody with a weapon. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Unlike uh, Beth Phoenix, he had no edge. Oh. Um, <laughs> making shout jokes. Out, shout uh, out Beth Phoenix, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I give it so. 7.9 out of 10. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and then seven three quarter chazzes. That's where I'm at. Okay, I I think if I added up all these together, it'd be like a seven point something. Uh, but I put Doink and Brett at six out of ten, and then I put Jerry Waller and Brett at seven point two out of ten. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's it's in the same range. We're there. Uh, this, this is where the the pay per view goes downhill. <laughs> this is where the bean kicks out. Yeah. Oh man, the bean the bean was used, the bean is gone, we have no more beans, and we're gonna withdraw the rest of the pay-per-view. Well, the tag match they have is okay. Yeah, the bam bam match. It's alright. Yeah. It's fun. Uh you're out of withdrawal, but you're not actually out of withdrawal. Can I yeah. say this real quick? I I actually like Ludwig Borg's fucking <laughs> fucking promo about America and welfare. I, I was going to tell you to like talk about his promo because I don't know why. I think it's really funny when you talk about really shitty promos. Yeah. <laughs> the way you do it. <laughs> well, he immediately started with, "I really like this." And you were like, "Talk about it." I love what you talking about garbage. I thought it was terrible too, but boy, it's it's kind of relevant it's, today. But ugh. it's. It's terrible, but like at the same time, like this is like a kind of after the Soviet Union has fucking failed. Uh, <laughs> it's like this Russian guy comes in and says, "Oh, you think your American's very good? Huh? look at this shit. It's like a fucking welfare. The American dream. I'll take the opportunity and I will win." <laughs> that was this promo. First of all, I gotta say, all the Finnish people are, are probably want to murder you because you called him Russian and he's from Finland. Yeah, oh, Finland, and, yeah. Finland and Russia are mortal enemies. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's Scandinavian. I will say this, though. He's got that whole, like, Bob Vila type of thing going on right now with his outfit. But his fucking hair is weird. He kind of looks like, you remember Home Alone when, uh, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Joe Pesci he sets his head on fire by accident. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, he's got the fucking toilet bowl burn over the top of his head. He's, got a, um, he's almost like a, a reverse inverted mohawk. That's what it looks like somehow. <laughs> he's like Finland's fucking hawking animal at the same low, time. I was going to call him low-T Brock Lesnar because he kind of like comes off that way a little bit. <laughs> he has like a similar look. He's just a little doughier and smaller. He's fat Finley. He's not fit Finley. He has, a bald, he has a bald spot on his fucking mohawk. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. Was, that's the, the toilet bowl. That, that's the thing. It's it's like he, he fucking, it was an accident and he didn't let it grow the rest of the way out. Fucking Finland, he tried to break into a Finnish family's home and kid got him and that's why he's in America now. He actually has a backstory. You're welcome. Bro, that was an excellent idea, bro. But Oh my God. 
I was just like, this guy is just like a like the the content of the promo was okay, but he has like he's a he has as much charisma as the dilapidated building he's fucking talking about. Uh, it is Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Marty Jannetty versus Ludwig Borga. And I love this because Ludwig Borga comes out to King's Quest music via a rolling sound canvas, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Music is something. I was like, what is this fucking music? It's just like when I was watching Dynamite, the ass boys were on, and I'm like, why is this... What is their music? It's like the Vaporwave version of like Aquatic Ruins though from Sonic 2. That's literally what it sounds like. And, then, <laughs> and this guy is coming out to like King's Quest 3 via Roland Sound Canvas. <laughs> and sadly, it, it, this is not the last time we see him tonight. No. No, no. <laughs> Man. Um, there's not much to say about this because honestly, he just squashes Marty. Marty <laughs> couldn't save this match. No, and I, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, first of all, those body shots and shit are terrible. He's like overselling the fuck out of his punches. Mm-hmm. He's punching you. Don't have to jump up three feet in the air from punching you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but he does a couple that... of cool moves. I'll give him that at least. Is like, that say, like... Sorry to interrupt you. Is that say Lardwigs? Yeah, Lardwigs hate section because I guess he's been on. <laughs> superstars for like a couple months or something. Uh, they they kind of briefly say that like on commentary. I yeah, love that one been, American flag. Yeah, he's been squashing American peons for a bit. Um, but yeah, he, he has a couple neat moves. Like he did a thing where he did like a the the falling flapjack, but he punches the guy in the stomach when he's coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did like a good two-handed choke slam thing and stuff. It's just, I don't know. He's It should have been on Raw. It should have been on Raw, but the other thing is this guy lacks physical charisma. He, he mm. can do this, what he's doing pretty well, but it's like, do you care? His uh, identity is all, like, he's acting like a Russian, but you guys told me he was Finland. That's why I said he, he sounds Russian and he looks Russian because... Back then in the nineties, all the Russian bad guys had those stupid fucking mohawks. So. Yeah, no, no, he totally does. He totally gives off a vibe like he's he's like Soviet Union or some dumb shit. Like some of the shit he says, mm. and it's it's strictly because Vince is like, well, if you're not from America and you're foreign, then you're you're probably a terrorist. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what that's basically what we're dealing with at that point. It's all Cold War bullshit uh, or post Cold War. So Vince is making every person that comes out of there that. Is looks remotely like they're they're from anywhere other than the U.S. He's like, "Yep, you're Russian today, pal. You can't be neutral." <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't even know what a Scandinavia is. Huh? Borga gets Marty up for a torture rack, and he taps out. Marty has fallen far. <laughs> I a, I'm going to give you my score: four point two five out of ten. Why'd you score it? He got squashed. Yeah, I didn't score it. it was oh. Squash. I thought you would have you would have obviously been able to tell that was a squash. It went a little too long for a squash for me. Uh, I thought it was just one sided. These guys are slow and lumbering. 
Yeah, like, it, it would have been it would have fit the time limit for a squash for you, but the guy was gassed because he did three moves and he was like, "Oh, I can't do any more. I'm tired. I have to I have to do a couple more lariats to build up my Zangi finisher." Then <laughs> they they do a Survivor Series promo. Oh well, yeah. Then we got Giant Gonzalez with Harvey Whippleman versus the Undertaker in a Rest in Peace match. Speaking of slow uh, and lumber. Oh yeah, before we before we go on to this, because this is a classic. Uh <laughs> man, you guys wish they would bring back the Survivor series pay-per-view the day before Thanksgiving. Wouldn't that be a fucking banger? Yeah, it would. Can they it, was that like an actual merchandise in the nineties? Because I want one. What the, what, urn? the urn? Yeah, the urn. Yeah, I, I mean, so. you, yeah, you can buy an urn at pretty much any funeral home. I have one upstairs sitting up there. My mom's inside of it. If you'd like to to see what it looks like. No, <laughs> I want an Undertaker's fucking urn. <laughs> I have urn here too, but it's not powerful like the Undertaker. Probably eBay. It. Some fucks try to sell it for like a hundred dollars because it's an old, this vintage WWF Undertaker urn. Listen, if you're telling me I could sell it as the Undertaker's earn and make money off of it, my mom would understand if we had to split her, her parts up oh my God. across the country. I'm just you saying. Just her, you just put her in a vase or some shit. You don't have to get rid of her. I guess that's true. <laughs> what there the fuck? There's going to be a fucking dirt pile Dude, in my house. Was common. I almost spit out my fucking Coca-Cola when you sighed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to keep her in a vase? No. Nah. Uh, I can't do that. I got one of those, like, I got a weird like Mardi Gras party cup over here. I think I can keep if I keep enough of her, her her soul stays intact. So I can I can do that and then and sell the urn. Yeah, I might do that. I, I bet I could get enough to buy. I, mean, I, I could probably buy. I can back and pre-order Fight Forever with that money. What you should do is get into reloading uh, bullets, you re- reloading ammunition, put some of her ashes in the in the rounds, and then you can like shoot people with them. Oh, then yeah. Whoever I shoot, if they don't die, they're they're gonna be haunted by her. Yeah. See. There you yeah, go. She, yeah, she was she was annoying too. She loved wrestling. <laughs> she did. She she'd give she'd give him shit. She used to yell at the TV when we'd watch wrestling. I remember. It's great. It's awesome. Did she so, hate? Rip. Did she hate Gonzalez? Did she hate the giant Gonzalez? I don't. I can't remember. If she, uh, I don't think she watched. I don't think she had any of that. But she was all about some Stone Cold. So, they finally explained to us what a uh, arrested peace match is. It's basically just no DQ match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, why didn't you just like, rest in peace? I guess because Undertaker, whatever. Uh, I noticed Gonzalez is is limping, very obviously, and his 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 gait is a bit fucked up now. He used to move around better. Uh. Taker got a massive reaction when he came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he jump starts it. He starts doing the throat thrust. He does the choke in the corner, which was on the screen there for a minute, where he, you know, Undertaker would do the thing where he chokes the guy in the corner and does the eye roll. Well, there, he got up on the ropes and was using both hands to choke him, and it was, like, cool. <laughs> uh, then he does a couple of those leaping clotheslines, but he, he, he's just not going down because he's too big. Mm-hmm. Then Gonzalez hits a double palm thrust to Undertaker. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he does clubbing blows. Uh, 
quotes because there's like no pepper behind him at all. He's just kind of like, <laughs> like he just kind of like swings his arm and it just kind of lightly taps him on the back. And then he, he does a pretty okay looking chair shot. I think it just looks awkward because he's so goddamn tall is the thing. Uh, it sounded good. Uh, and he throws him in the stairs and Taker's selling and he's like reaching out like, oh shit, I need the power. He's trying to get power, but he can't get power. He's trying to get to the urn. And then we hear dong! And then Paul Bearer comes out. That was cool. I, I gotta admit, like, that was a good pop. And just how they did the, uh, you know, the camera where he's like, putting his hands out and like being like going for the urn and stuff. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I like yeah. that. And, then, and it's great because Paul Bear's actually been gone for a while. Uh, so, was, so he got a pop and he had a wreath and he was doing his amazing facial expressions and shit. It was awesome. He was like, Oh yes. And then Harvey Whippleman's like, Hey, fuck you. And, and I never thought I'd say this. Paul Bearer clotheslined somebody. It was good. And it was great. And he just went on about his business like it was no big deal. He just kept walking after that. And that was like my favorite part. And then my other favorite part happened, which is when he saw the urn. Oh, man. Thank you for that. They do the shot here. It's like the scope. And he's like, oh, and he gets it. And he finally makes a noise. I I fucking love the Paul Bear noises. Oh, Undertaker! Oh, yes! I I was thinking about this a whole lot when I watched this that whole day, and I I just gotta officially ask, if we're ever gonna do any type of of costume thing ever, we have to do Brothers of Destruction and Paul Bearer. And and, and uh, Zach will figure out what we're gonna do. Dubs, you gotta be Paul Bearer. Bro. Oh, okay. Got, I'm game. <laughs> Got to get you the, uh, the the suit and the the urn and everything. I'll, I'll ship my mom's urn down to you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you gotta, which era of Paul Bearer is the thing though? Because you got you got to remember there was the era when he was with Kane and he lost his mustache and he was like a fucking asshole and he was saying like hilarious, ridiculous shit too. <laughs> oh, I don't even care. Like the space time continuum is all fucked up. You can like, I'll, like I said, I'll send the urn. She'll understand. She respects the gimmick. So you can like, fucking, Kane's hanging out with the early nineties. Uh, fucking Paul Bearer, or we can even do Paul Bearer. It's about to be uh, killed in concrete. I, I don't care. <laughs> more important thing is if we're doing that, which version of Kane and which un- version of Undertaker are we using? I was gonna say you're gonna do Kane with the voice. Modulator, you have to talk like that. Yeah, I'm actually not even gonna say anything. I'm I'm just gonna sing the the lyrics to the song Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, uh, when when Paul Bear gets the urn, that gets a good pop too. And he summons the power of the urn to re energize the Undertaker. Starts doing the shit again. He starts doing the clotheslines. I wanted to call that out. There's a botch there. So Paul Bearer does the thing, but it's loud, and I don't think I don't think Undertaker can hear. 
So then you notice that he doesn't move at all when Paul Bear like summons him, and then Paul Bear like goes to do it again, and the ref walks around. It's actually clever. You, the ref clearly walks around and tells Undertaker, "Hey, he's doing the thing," but he moves in a way that it, you know people can't see it. But that's got to be what he's doing because then when he does it right after, that's when uh, Paul Bear goes to do it a second time, and then Undertaker stands up. So that's that's kind of pretty funny. Yeah, it's a pretty good nod. It's like because you see it, and and he's going, oh, he goes hands up, and Undertaker's not moving at fucking all. <laughs> he hasn't. It's been a long time since he had the urn. He's low on power. Yeah, no, but it works. It, it, it worked out pretty well. And it, it, but I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's good. That's that's what a ref's supposed to do. <laughs> um, let's see. He starts hitting some throat thrusts again, some clothesline. He gets Gonzalez down to a knee. Then he goes to the top rope, and he hits a big clothesline, and he gets three. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, Gonzalez turns on Whippleman, and he delivers the most underwhelming shitty choke slam ever for a guy that size. Yes. And I don't yes. know if it was his fault or it's because Harvey Whippleman just didn't jump enough for him or some shit. I don't know. But uh, it was pretty blah because Undertaker was working with a closet. Like, <laughs> like the, the guy's the size of a closet and he has the mobility of a closet too. It's like they took him out there, you know, those like mobile wardrobes that have like the wires on Yeah. <laughs> they just put the Undertaker out and said, go wrestle this. Pretty much. And people want to talk about, oh, Ric Flair wrestled a broom. Or Undertaker wrestled a closet. He wrestled, like, all kinds of shit. Like, <laughs> um, Paul Bear helped save it from being totally miserable. Mm-hmm. And it was mercifully short compared to, like, their other matches. <laughs> yeah, I was going into this because I was like, oh, man, I, I don't like Giant Gonzalez at all. I don't, I just don't care for him. Like, I just yeah. didn't give a shit. And I went into this match thinking it was going to suck, but it ended up being average. Uh, like, like you said, Paul Bearer did save the match. I love the pop, by the way. Like, Paul Bearer got a pop. It was fucking huge. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, it went from a four to a five to me. So mine is five out of ten, just average. Good chance. Yeah. So by the same logic, it, it was not as bad as I thought it would be, and the the Paul Bear uh, stuff did help a little bit. Uh, for me, this was closer to like a three, but then all the Paul Bear stuff added to it, and the and things that had me entertained were good. So I gave it a four uh, out of ten. So four chazzes. I gave it a four point four out of ten. Look at that! We're all all averaging out. Yes, here we go. Um. Yes, and guess what? Spoilers, we're going to talk about this after the show. (laughs) (laughs) So we're backstage with Joe Fowler, who's with Yokozuna, Mr. Fuji, and Jim Cornette. And then, like, he tried to ask Jim Cornette stuff. I don't know if Joe Fowler's just getting really excited and he's yelling, or if that's what Vince told him to do or whatever. But he's like, let me tell you something, Hatchethead. You can sit down and take a volume. And he just starts ranting at the fucking camera. Like from there, I laughed. I lost it. <laughs> and then he's like, he's talking about how like this is fucking unfair. Like Yokozuna is gonna win and, and all this stuff. He's hyping up Yokozuna, who just stares at the camera. <laughs> I just look at that. Oh, that was perfect. Hold on a second. That was, like, that was great. Zoom, zoom. Still going. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you zoom out, you're, and he's like yelling directly at the camera again. <laughs> your blips don't even do it justice. We're, you're skipping 15 seconds at a time. That guy hangs on to Yokozuna's fucking poker face there for so goddamn long. Then he yeah, goes, it, <laughs> yeah, I was telling that was before the show started too that 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 the best part of that is that camera work. He he goes in, but he the camera guy is like you can see the narrative. The camera guy goes in. Cornette's supposed to stop talking. Cornette doesn't stop talking. And the guy has shot in for the bonsai shot too early. So it's like premature ejaculation. He's like, oh, shit. He backs up real quick. And then he realizes, oh, no, he's going back in. And he has to get in real quick. And that's when he does the bonsai. (laughs) (laughs) That's my fucking favorite thing. He sits on his face for so fucking long and then realizes, oh, shit. Cornette won't stop talking. And then he backs out. And the moment he does, he realizes he has to go back in. And he's like, ah, shit. Man. Also, his, pro- his promo was a little clairvoyant, wasn't it? He kind of saw the future. He did. It, he, yeah. He didn't know it, but his brain did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got Smoking Guns and Tataka, uh, Dub's other favorite wrestler, versus Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shriekers with Afa and Luna Vachon. Bobby Heenan being like, what is that on his face? And then Vince is like, that's just... Oh, face. <laughs> then Bobby, he didn't say he was changing oil again or something. That's how yeah. he got all that on his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody was in the ring, and then all the heels leveled the baby faces with clotheslines, and I thought that was kind of strange, but okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Bam Bam's beating up Tataka, and does some shoulder and then Tataka hits some shoulder blocks to drop kicks bam bam and then I didn't like this. They did a double crossbody spot and then they both sold it. And I'm like, no. Tataka would have got fucking obliterated in that spot. That that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I that'd be like if Sting did a, a double crossbody spot with Vader and they both sold it. No. <laughs> You're gonna get engulfed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then like basically a lot of stuff happens and I stopped taking notes because it's like a six man tag and Rick Knox was in the ring yeah there's a little Rick Knox Jr. going senior (laughs) or senior rather time travel rules Mm. um I liked when Tataka was doing his war dance and then Bam Bam kept hitting him and he was like, no selling the shit. Oh, dude, and I he, love that kick. That kick was <laughs> fucking cool. And then he was like, okay. So he just does it in Zagiri and knocks his ass out. That was great. I popped mm-hmm. for that. Because that's like, awesome. Uh, match breaks down. He'll be up Tataka. They all go for a triple diving headbutt, but everybody misses. And then <laughs> Tataka rolls up Samu and gets a three. Uh, yeah. What a... What about the spot um, where, like, Fatu was just fucking kicking people's chins in? That was fucking cool. That super kick he did was sick as shit. That's yeah. probably the best super kick, one of the best ones I've seen. The first one, where he, I think he caught Billy with it. Mm-hmm. He caught Daddy ass with that super kick, and it was just, like, over. Took his fucking head off, yeah. Scissor me. Uh, Scissor me, Daddy ass. <laughs> Oh, 
it was fun enough, I guess. And it wasn't bad or offensive or anything in any kind of way. It was just, there's too much shit happening for me to try to like take notes. Cause basically I would have just had to pause it like every 30 seconds. Another <laughs> raw match. In my opinion, it was yeah. a pretty good little raw match, but it was a raw match. Nonetheless, it was just a way to get Mario Lopez on peyote on the pay-per-view. <laughs> You know what's really funny <laughs> is you might be more right about that than what you think. <laughs> because uh, I remember one time, uh, this is sort of off, on topic, I guess. I think Cordette was asked, uh, whatever happened to Tataka? Because he just kind of fell off the face of the earth and didn't go to WCW. He didn't wrestle anywhere for like several years. And he said, I don't know. I remember uh, like when we'd fly he would be talking to himself on the plane. He was having conversations with himself. <laughs> hmm. And one day he just stopped showing up to work and he never came back. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happened to Tataka. Apparently he got sold on his fucking gimmick and he went on a vision quest. He went on a day of vision quest for real. He had to go to discover his, his own inner animality. Animality. He had to find his spirit. So, Joe Fowler interviews. Wait, wait, wait. We we didn't give our scores. Five out of ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What'd you say? Five out of ten. Average. Oh, I gave it five and a half, Chazes. Oh, I gave it 6.5 out of ten. Nice. Well, you were high on it. Yeah. I don't know. It was fun. I like the head triggers and I like the smoking guns. And Bam Bam was in there doing Bam Bam shit. So, it's like, you know. Yeah. All right, Hank Carter, right? Joe Fowler. Hank Carter, okay. Yeah, he's talking to uh, Lex uh, Luger's fucking bus driver. Um, And he's like, aren't you excited? He's like, yeah, I got a monitor here. And it's like just a fucking WWF monitor that they use (laughs) for the fucking... Why can't he he watch it in the building? Why does he got to be relegated to the bus out back? What the fuck? I know, Vince, your shitty tactics. You didn't think this one through. Making that guy stay up there at the bus. He's in the mm. bus enough. Let him let him out. Why's he gotta be like in captivity? Why is he giving this damn hostage statement about Lex? Why did they hate Japan? Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> God damn it, why? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though. You know, canonically, like... I think this might be the fiend's real father. And that's why he had those signs that said let me in. It's because he wasn't allowed back on the bus. Oh shit, deep lore. Run. Before, yep. <laughs> 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 All right, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Later. Uh, yeah, he says, but, like, what the fuck does he say? I get to ask one stupid question every pay-per-view. And who do you like, want to win? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I wish he would have said Yoko Zuda because Lex Luger's an asshole. That would have been amazing. I, I You know what would be funny? If he, like, he did his little southern accent. Like, you know what? I like Lex Luger, but you know what's pretty funny is that Jim Cornette guy with the racket. And, like, I'm rooting for fucking the Japanese man. <laughs> Josh! <laughs> But yeah, uh, what what's your opinions on Joe Fowler? Like he's wacky, he's but that, he's so fucking loud. He's that spaz, funny, failed, funniest home videos host guy that Vince wanted back then. It's like Todd Petting Zoo. He he likes oh. Todd Petting Zoo too. Speaking yeah, of speaking yeah, of the he's, zoo, he's there with that fucking guy who 
he interviewed him and he's like, what'd you do? He's like, well, my mom was going to throw some old bed sheets out. So I took him and made this outfit. And I'm like, what the fuck? No. Why are you just- <laughs> he didn't make it. His mom made it. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. What's that weird fucking Pirates of the Caribbean cosplay fucking low T Baraka? Was this before fucking Johnny Depp weird. fucking beat Amber Heard? What's going on here? <laughs> you got it backwards, brother. She beat Johnny Depp. I know. I was trying to be uh, edgy a little bit. <laughs> uh, I was trying to get meta over the. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. What His beat kicked in. You can tell right there. What the fuck is he wearing? He's wearing a bed sheets that were supposed to be made up and do an American flag, but there's no stars. So it's just red, white, and blue. So it's just like. Why didn't you just go to Walmart and buy a fucking flag shirt like everybody else? <laughs> everyone watching, this is why you don't roll your own tobacco. If you can't afford to smoke cigarettes <laughs> like everyone else, then don't fucking smoke them. Maybe he's auditioning for Hook. Yeah, Hook didn't happen yet, did it? No. Yeah. You got Said something. So but anyway. I, so after this, some country music artist comes out and sings like a version of the Star Spangled Banner and it was hilarious and I couldn't watch it because his voice. I gotta... <laughs> no, no, no. I looked this up. That's not some random country singer. He just in denim. That is the guy that sang the song uh, And I don't know much but I know how I love you. You know what I'm talking about? That song? No. Yeah. No. He's, just, he's an old like R&B and soul singer from like the 60s and 70s. And they just sell it like he's like this guy that's like super popular right then and there. And like, really? Like the last thing he'd done is like a decade ago. Oh. What the fuck? Oh, okay. <laughs> can you see? Um, I have to like talk about like in today's wrestling and modern culture and all that stuff. Having another country do their national anthem and get fucking booed out of the arena. Like, the whole time I'm like, aw, Japan, aw. <laughs> we nuked uh, your fucking country and now we're booing you. <laughs> we're mean, friends. We're supposed to be friends. This, you watch this and then think how, however many years later people were shocked that, that Trump won an election. This right here, is, and I'm not saying one way or the other, right here is exactly it. It's like, look at that. Fucking... Booing the guy singing the Japanese national anthem, they were ready. They he was voted nervous. For Trump then. He yeah, was that nervous. guy was like, "I think they might kill me, guys. Yeah. They might nuke us again." Sorry. Yeah, like, <laughs> using that ring like choppy choppy. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey, one day, one day, we're gonna be there. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my god. Five years from now. Out. Okay, so. Randy Savage does ring introductions. I'm like, oh, that's where he is. <laughs> and then Lex gets a really good reaction. I'll say that. Somehow this weird fucking build has worked up to this point. I got to ask this because Yokozuna comes out with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji and all that stuff. Then Macho Man leaves the ring. Why not just be there to help out the odds a little bit? Because baby faces don't, don't, do that, brother. They they respect their friends trying to do something. What the fuck? Wow, that's tied. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck is that? Show? I don't think I saw that. I didn't see that before either. Lex Luger, time to slaughter Yokozuna. It shows like a pig. 
that has Yokozuna's name on it with a Japanese flag. Yeah, which is actually even funnier because since Yokozuna is not uh, Japanese but Samoan, he probably eats the shit out of some pig. Mm-hmm. The pigs, hey, fucking Hawaiian to Samoans, man, they fucking love spam. Oh, I'll pork. Brother, shit. he don't give a fuck. He's getting paid. Brother. Brother. Oh, yeah, he didn't care. He's money and money money equals food. Yoko Tuna, that's a good one. Yoko if he acknowledges it, and he's like, that'd be a really big tuna, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the match starts, and they face off, and Mr. Fuji's trying to sneak up from behind, but then Lex catches him. He says, no, brother. Uh, uh, and then Yoko tries to hit him from behind, but he's too fast. So he hits him a few times. They trade some shots, and then Lex kind of has advantage for a little bit. And Yoko takes him down. He goes for a leg drop, the leg drop of death, but he misses. And then Lex hits a big leaping elbow for two. Yoko tries to go for an elbow after that, and he misses again. And then Lex starts pounding him in the corner, and I lost it because of the sounds he was making. He was like, ah! He was doing like this weird squeak shout, like, ah! Ah! <laughs> that's Lex for you. He does that. He did. It sounded like it sounded like someone was holding him like a baby and cradling him and then dipping his testicles in the boiling water. <laughs> I, I, I gotta admit, I like Lex's fucking gear. It looks cool, at least. He looks Actually, very patriotic. I actually am not a big fan of it because it's very, very similar to his narcissist gear, just Americanized. Americans are narcissists. I mean, I guess, but it's just, Narciss- it's just, they just take the same shit and just like, put Star and Stripes on it. Yeah, why not? Get all those gay tassels out of there. They never, <laughs> they never addressed his time as the narcissist. Everybody's forgotten. Nar- narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> After Lex keeps hitting him and going, ah, ah, he hits a he hits a quarter clothesline and he, he goes for some quarter punches, but Hebner pulls him away, which is always bizarre when like the referee's like, Hey, settle down now to the baby face, and then like the heel will like do something like throat shot him or get a cheap shot in. That that happens. Mm-hmm. And then Fuji tries to throw power at Luger, but he avoids it. And then they that fight again. Power. Until Yoko hits a super kick, and it's like fuck. Mm-hmm. It's over now. Lex gets knocked outside. Yoko hits some chops, and he actually avalanches him into the corner post. Uh, Lex starts firing back up. He do punches, and he throws him into the ring. Lex hits a pair of axe handles, and then he goes to the top rope, but he does a flying forearm, takes Yoko down. And he almost gets a three. It's close. When Lex runs the ropes, he hits a sick-ass clothesline. You hear the smack. And then Yoko just drops like a ton of bricks. It's like, oh, shit. And he almost gets three again. <laughs> um, then they run at each other and do a double clothesline spot. They, they clothesline each other. And then Fuji throws the bucket in, like the, the salt bucket or whatever. And then Cornette distracts the referee. And then Yoko hits Luger with the bucket. He takes a little too long to cover him, so he kicks out. And it's like at this point, like, I don't know if he's selling or if he's like really gassed, 
because Lex looks like really tired and he's like very sweaty at this point. Mm. <laughs> and Bobby, he is like, he looks tired. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're almost out of juice. The steroids are wearing off. Yoko's got more juice than Luger. He's fat. Yeah, with stored juice. <laughs> stored. I was waiting for Dub to do the fat thing, but he didn't do it. Fat! Fat! There it is. Mm. <laughs> uh, Yoko keeps being on Luger. He hits a big belly belt. He almost gets three. Luger is dead, and he's selling. <laughs> Yoko chokes Lex, rakes his face, and then he hits the biggest goddamn back suplex I ever saw in my whole life. Mm. <laughs> and he almost got him again. And he does the snapmare. You know what happens next after he does the snapmare? The Asiatic what? nerve hold. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he puts the Asiatic nerve hold on Luger. <laughs> and they're in it. he's in it for a while. He can't get out. There it is. <laughs> there he is. He got it. See? <laughs> Look at the pain on his face. He sold it like death. Ah! Ah! <laughs> That's what, that's how I look on the fucking toilet bowl when I have to pinch one out. Um, when you take your 45-minute shit. Yep. <laughs> the slow, lurching shit. That kind. Yeah. Go yeah. back to that. Go back to the face. Go back to the face. Hold on. Holding. Here we go. When Taco Bell says that the nacho fries are back and you know what's next. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a fuck. But you don't care because you know you have to eat them. <laughs> so, uh, Lex manages to escape the dreaded nerve hold. And he body slams Yoko, but he collapses. And he tries to he tries body slam, but he f- can't do it. So Yoko just falls on him, and he almost gets three. Then he hits the leg drop of death, and he almost gets three again. <laughs> and then he sets up. <laughs> That's when the bean kicks in. That was that face there. <laughs> When the edibles kick in, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what the oh my god! I think I want to change my opinion of this match now, just based on me. <laughs> what's that face? Where? See, what's Luger's face? Uh, that's when the, you took too many beans. That's when you took too many beans and got blamed for somebody's death and it wasn't really your fault. It's when you find out that uh, McDonald's uh, can't make any ice cream because the ice cream machine is broken. That's no, that's not, that's not the face you make. The face you no. make is your regular face because you're used to it now. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the face you make whenever you thought the McRib was back, but you get there and find out they've already sold out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So... He but tries to do a bonsai drop, brother. And brother. He misses. And when he misses that bonsai drop, they go ape shit. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever really missed it like that before. I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I can't recall him just like missing it totally. Uh, then they fight a little bit more. Yoko shoots Luger in the opposite corner. He goes for the, the butt crush. Luger dodges. He actually body slams him. He gets a huge pop. Fuji gets on the apron, Luger knocks him out. And then he takes the armband down, which I thought was like illegal. Mm-hmm. He wasn't supposed to do that. And he hits he hits Yoko with the exposed forearm and he flies mm-hmm. out of the ring. And then Hebner counts him out. And he won. 
but it's via count out. But everybody treats it like he won the title and it was a huge celebration. Yeah, people like come out of the back and they're just a big celebration and and, and, and they're going and confetti. And my and favorite part of all that is that like uh Bobby Heenan and Vince are talking and Vince is like selling it like yeah it's a great thing and then Bobby just suddenly is like yeah but uh he didn't win the title. Yeah, he didn't win. So Yokozuna still has a champion in uh, America. His, that's his last chance to, to fight for the title. So, uh, yeah, he, he goofed. He fucked up. And then they show, well, I can't remember. The video package, is that before or after the, the Ludwig Borga stuff? This, this, the before. Stuff? Before. Okay, so Ludwig happens after. This video package is amazing. Wow, this video package is something. Super 90s, super early 90s. I loved it. It's, oh man. Well, with this too, and and there's that specific shot of, I feel like maybe it's at the very, very end of just like the still, there it is with the bus. It just sits on the bus forever as like all that music's playing. And I I just watched that and I did feel like the bean had kicked in and then stopped. I I really did. I thought, am I on drugs? What the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. You're, you're witnessing Lex Luger's journey. Yeah, I, I just watched a, a man's career die. That's what happened. Uh, Vince Vince fucking killed it right here. This is where the Lex Express dies, right here. Uh, man, I was so pissed about this ending. I didn't knew what was going to happen, but it's still just like... Ugh. Oh, see, I, I didn't see this. I stopped because I thought it was just... Oh, they're going to play that video. There's just... Uh, yeah, so Ludwig Borger comes in, he's like, fuck you. I'll fight you, basically. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much like, like opportunities and stuff. Um, and I'm ready. Look uh, at Rick Steiner. Look at Rick Steiner's fucking mustache. What a badass. Wait, he has ears? <laughs> yeah, he does. He has ears. He's the dog-faced gremlin. <laughs> What'd you give this match, by the way? Um, I said <clears throat> it was an okay match with a hot crowd, but the finish was bizarre. And in case of Vince, maybe not seeing the forest through the trees. Because there's always been a lot of speculation about what happened. Why did, did he lose faith in Luger? Did, did, did he think this was going to do this? It, no. Apparently what happened was, is Vince's theory was he was going to carry this to WrestleMania. And he was going to drag this out all the way to like WrestleMania 94. I mean, he kind of did. It, he did, but it didn't. He realized he fucked up later. <laughs> yes, they fixed it. He 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 unfucked a fuck that happened at WrestleMania nine, which gave us WrestleMania ten, which I would argue is one of the best WrestleManias of all time. But we'll another day. We'll we'll talk about that one. Uh, yeah. What was your score? Five point seven out of ten. Oh, you were way more generous than I was. Dubs, what what, what do you give? I thought it was okay, but I got bored, and uh, I'm a little biased because I knew where it was going, uh, and I felt like this was, I think this was changed probably day of as far as, you know, the ending. Uh, I gave it a 4.3 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, much closer to where I was at. I, I uh, This match was far too long especially for two guys who do not have the cardio for it. 
they both were very gassed, and I felt like you could just see the cycle of the same spots. Like, it, it, at a certain point, it literally just became move, pin, two count. Move, pin, two count. And not like moves that you would expect to necessarily finish matches. It was just for the sake of, we got to make this last long enough until we get to the spot. And I, it, I don't know, it got very drawn out. I was uninterested. And then the finish, um, I'd actually, uh, I didn't remember what, exactly what the finish was. I know it was infamous, but I can't remember like how it played out exactly. I just remember there was some like fuck over. I just didn't remember if it was like a, a weird like um, both are outside and then he gets back in the ring count out or if it was like a DQ like weird thing. No, the way they do this is stupid anyway because Luger is acting heelish throughout the, the match in some ways. And that's kind of how he wins the match. He does the illegal thing to knock him out. He just looks like a total dumbass. Like, it didn't matter whatever Vince had planned. Vince killed it right here. Like, he just killed any momentum he had. Like, there was no chance of salvaging this. And it's clear to see how this plays out later, that's the case. Um, I gave it a four and a half, Chad's. So, it sucked. I'm going to... I'm going to amend my score to 5.4. And I don't know. I think the reason why, like, I, I rate it, it's average. It's just it's just barely above average to me at all. The, the crowd was fine. Like, the crowd that's, was all in it. Like, that's that's what what I, that honestly, I, I would have rated it much lower if it wasn't for the fact that the crowd was in it because their reactions are what help keep you interested at all. Otherwise, this is a snore fest. Like, this is, this is actually... To me, at points, I actually was more interested in watching Giant Gonzalez and Undertaker slog around the ring like a bunch of uh, oversized geriatrics uh, than I was uh, this match. And that sucks because I know that these guys can work. It's just it's too long and it's just drawn out. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should have held the sharpshooter for like another fucking 10 minutes so (laughs) we could get a shorter main event. (laughs) <laughs> then there's like 30 people trying to get bread off. The cops come out. They they hold him at gunpoint. And he refuses to release the hold. Yeah. Oh my God. Actually, I want that now in my life. I want someone to hold a, a, a hold like that. And the only way they get the person off is by tranquilizing them. I, and I could I could believe Bret Hart would be that guy that, that like we can't get him off. He's got it locked in too tight. What do we do? And tranquilize have, him. Yeah, they have fucking cops come out and tase him, and he doesn't let it go, and they fucking tranquilize him. That's how they get him off. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. The cops come out, they're like, we can't shoot someone on live TV. And then Kamala comes out and just fucking... Blodar? <laughs> yes! <laughs> there it is. We got it. <laughs> uh, this is what I'll say about SummerSlam. I went into this thinking that the whole fucking show was going to suck. Uh, but like half of the show was good, and then after the half of the show, it went right literally right after Bret Hart, it started going downhill. Uh, I gave this a 6.2 out of 10. As, yeah, um, I'm kind of in the same boat. It, it the overall pay per view was a lot better than, than I thought, uh, it would be. Uh, I mean, the two matches that hold in for me. Are about as bad as I thought they would be, um, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised by a couple of other things on the show. <sighs> I gave it six and a half chances. Yeah, pretty decent pay per view up to like the last hour or so, and even then there was like a okay, pretty pretty decent tag match there. Yeah, 
there were a lot of fucky finishes for a SummerSlam here, I thought, <laughs> with some questionable booking, like the thing with Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect. It's like, what the... F- okay. Uh, then, one, two, three, kid just losing. Clean. Like, out of nowhere. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, this, the main event. Like, okay. He got counted out. He, he won, but he didn't win. <laughs> uh, Brett and Jerry Lawler stole the show. Main event fell flat due to the ending. Lots of Raw matches. 6.3 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's about it. I, so, real quick on this. I kind of just caught this. And maybe I'm wrong. But the sequence of this main event with how everybody comes out and celebrates with Luger and then they have the, the uh, locker room spot after. I don't know if you guys recall this or not. Whenever Luger goes to uh, to Monday Night Raw and, you know, the – or not Monday Night Raw, but uh, uh, Monday Nitro and, um, you know, he challenges Hogan for the belt. And it's that famous thing where he actually be, uh, beats Hogan – uh, for the WCW uh, title on on uh, Monday Nitro, it's this big thing. Nobody expected it. You know, it was this huge ordeal, and everybody comes out and celebrates with him. And then they do the locker room thing where they show them celebrating in the locker room, and then they have the other side of the locker room where Hulk Hogan and the others are flipping out and throwing shit everywhere, and they're angry. And they kind of cut this promo, kind of like how Ludwig cuts one about how they're going to take him down. Do you think that that whole thing was set up that way to kind of mock how? Uh, Vince fuck up Lex Luger. You think Maybe. it has anything to do with it? Because it, it, if you go back and watch it, I mean, I, I, we might eventually get to that, but it, I, it oddly plays out the same way. I mean, I know it's a, it's a typical thing you might do where the, the baby face gets the big win, but now looking at this in hindsight, like that's, it's actually very similar. It's, it's almost like they're, they're taking the piss on, uh, on Vince and WWF because uh, they fucked it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't either. I I wonder if there was a shot taken there. Vinny, Vinny Mac, go write a book. I want to fucking uh, hear the inside of uh, what you were thinking uh, when you were doing shit. No, brother. He's busy. He's busy going out in the town on his birthday. Banging people, probably. That's right. Banging whores, i.e. any woman that exists in in his eyes, and eating steak wraps because burritos aren't a thing. All right, well, if you're sticking around right now, and you're probably like, man, are they done? No. No. (laughs) We have the award show. But Uh, wait, there's more. Is there? Oh, yeah, there is. Jesus Christ, the bean didn't kick in enough for me. Um, (laughs) That's going to be an inside joke. All right, award time. <laughs> At the end of the month, the program, uh, we have a monthly award segment and possibly rankings. Uh, these are the criteria for awards, and we can have honorable mentions if we want. So, best overall performer. I'm going to start off with Zach. What do you got? Jim Cornette. <laughs> nice. Honorable mention, Jerry Lawler. It's pretty good. Uh, best overall performer. Hot shout out. I gave it to Bobby Heenan. Huh. With an honorable mention to Jim Cornette. I gave it to Jim Cornette because he just came in and shook the whole product up, kind of. Like, he's in the main event scene. He's a main event manager, but he also brought his tag team with him. 
And yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He it made a it was a big deal coming into to WWF. I mainly gave it to Heenan because consistently, even when there are things that are just so drawn out, it's boring. Heenan has made it a treat to watch anything on their programming. He makes it more bearable. <laughs> he does. It's just so fucking funny sometimes to watch stuff. It's like I would otherwise like want to like cut my eyes out watching. I, I just listened to him talk. It was fucking hilarious. So. Did you ever watch that Bushwhackers match at Royal Rumble yet? Are you, are you mean the the? Uh, oh wait, Royal Rumble? Or are you talking about the uh, the 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 episode that I I missed? No, the 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 Royal Rumble match the Bushwhackers had against the Beverly Brothers because Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan were on commentary. Oh, you told me about this, and they just, like, destroy the, the Bushwhackers. They, ro- they roasted the match completely. <laughs> I, I'll have to go back and watch it. I, you, I remember you telling me about it. I don't think I have, or I don't remember. Yeah. What do you got, Dubs? Uh, mine is Lawler. Um, honor- I have two honorable mentions, Jim Cornette and Bam Bam Bigelow, because Bam Bam's my, my boy. Bam Bam's the man. So yeah. I, I'm going to take a quick piss break because if I don't, I'm going to pee myself. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, all right. Next uh, segment, best promo. Um, I'll go. Um, <laughs> every Jim Cornette fucking promo uh, that happened ever. And that's it. <laughs> that's kind of what mine is, too, because I have uh, – well, I've got two – uh, the best promo is Jim Cornette's SummerSlam promo. Mm-hmm. The one before the main event. <clears throat> and then I've got the one honorable mention is his promo being introduced as Yokozuna's representative. Yes. <laughs> that that Raw was probably the highlight of August. It was, it was a really good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Yeah, you could cheat. It's not really cheating, I guess. But yeah, you could just do what you did. Every Jim Cornette promo was the best promo. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Chaz, you're up. Me and uh... I, I, I literally put exactly what uh, Zach did. I had the SummerSlam promo <laughs> with the Yokozuma, and <laughs> and uh, and then my honorable mention was that introduction, especially the interaction between him and uh, uh, fuck uh, Heenan. Oh, I also had. Um, the uh, the bit with uh, the contract signing. So I had, I guess, a two uh, two honorable mentions. <laughs> it's too late for all this shit. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the contract signing where Cornet comes out and says, "I'm representing them." And Jack Tunney's a cheat liar, and he's like, "I'm here to look over all this." And he looks at it, and goes, "That looks fine to me. It's exactly the way I wanted it." It's like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 all right, um, let me get here. Best. Segment, I put Lawler in the sharpshooter for fucking seven minutes. <laughs> That's the best segment. <clears throat> no honorable mention, just that. I mean, yeah, that's to be fair. Uh, I actually okay. I'm, I'm already gonna get some shit for this. I <laughs> I put the Shockmaster segment. <laughs> like, that's okay. It, it really that's gets so cool. bad. It's great. That 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 whole thing, that flair for the gold segment is. Fucking epic! My favorite thing is still how Rick is how Ric Flair gets out of there. Oh, because the man smells shit. He knows. He's like, I'm getting out of here, brother. Woo! He's leaves. (laughs) 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 Um, 
Did you have an honorable mention? Uh, I did not. Not on that one. Okay. I had uh, Best Angle segment, whatever. Uh, Jim Cordette reunites with Bobby Heenan on Raw. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then I had, this is weird, but this is the way I saw it, the Brett and Jerry Lawler's match. The whole thing was an angle, basically. It was a match, but it was also an angle. Because mm-hmm. it started out, Jerry Lawler comes out, he's like, I'm crippled, I was in a car accident, I can't wrestle. And then Doit comes out that has a match, and then he turns it into an angle again because he sneak attacks him. And then they're walking away, and they're like, no, you have to wrestle him, or you're banned from wrestling forever. It's an angle again. And then... <laughs> it is a whole bit, yeah. It, it, the whole up to what Dub said, this the seven minute long sharpshooter. <laughs> I counted seven minutes. I'll, I'll update. I, I I like that as a, as an honorable mention, so I'll shout it. There it is. Uh, we got best team. Best teams. Uh, since there's only two teams <laughs> right now that are like on the shows as far as WWF, uh, Steiner's is the best team. Uh, honorable mention: Heaven, Heavenly Blondes, Heavenly Bodies, Bodies. I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. You don't like you don't like Paul Roma and Arn Anderson. No, <laughs> Arn Anderson and his vacuum cleaner. Listen, <laughs> I I actually had to because I was worried about you getting on my nerves because uh, I almost put Arn Anderson and Paul Roma as the worst team. I fucking slapped myself. I said, Arn is good, Just and Paul Roma is good. Just Paul Roma is fucking boring, so that's why I just didn't put him as worst team. But that's later on. I'm sorry. Uh, Chaz, what about you? I had the Steiner brothers with uh, Heavenly Bodies. It's honorable. I, I, at this point, that's the only thing that's relevant, and there's really not anything in WCW that I'm caring about at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, they broke up the, uh, the the best tag team. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I have the Heavenly Bodies as my best, and then the Steiner Brothers as an honorable. It's understandable. Jiggle yeah. Jimmy Del Rey. Jiggle Jimmy Del Rey, Doctor Tom, brother. They they do that. They're excellent at that crazy tag match spot shit where they set up elaborate spots, but it's not like five spots in a minute thing. Mm-hmm. Or more. Uh, best match. Brett Vector's Lawler and SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, and an honorable mention. Uh, let me just I have it here. Hold on. The Bushwhackers versus. No. The- no. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the Steiner Brothers versus Heavenly Bodies. This is honorable mention. Okay. Yep. That's fair. You got uh, chance. Uh, yeah, okay, you guys are going to hate me for this. So my honorable mention, I'll do it first, is is Brett and uh, Lawler. I actually have uh, the Sting and uh, Ric Flair versus uh, the, the <laughs> Congo Bongos. <laughs> as oh, diabetes. Oh, best match, no. Diabetes. You know what? That's totally acceptable because I still say that was like probably one of the best squashes ever because it was literally just Sting beat the fuck out of them. And <laughs> and I'm staying true to my rankings. If you look at my ratings too, I rated that by far my favorite match of the month. Uh, and the next was 
was the other. So strictly by my own rankings anyway, it, it actually fits conventionally. That, that was the best match. Gave it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he, they saved her from some horrendous shit. I just woke up my wife. I'm probably going to get uh, the dogs are going to start barking. I'm about to get killed. This is how I die. I got you're gonna you're gonna be in the urn with your mom soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom was a little big before she died. I don't know if there's enough room in that urn for my fat ass. God so, damn, I'm gonna go to hell for some of the shit I've said tonight. Fuck <laughs> your life, you Bing Bong. <laughs> uh, so I got uh, an honorable honorable mention, which is uh, Vader versus Bulldog at Clash of Champions. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that was a good. Man. One. That was really good. That's fair. It was fun. It was a good, fun main event. It was different from their last match. Uh, honorable mention, Heavenly Bodies versus Steiner Brothers at SummerSlam. And then, yeah, best matches, Bret Hart versus Doink slash Jerry Lawler. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Best commentary. I mean, fucking Vince, Macho, and Bobby. So Yeah. Tony and Jesse are funny, especially in this Clash of Champions with some things that happen. Yeah. I, I have a question, just real quick. When we do best commentary team, I'm assuming we're picking best consistent team, not like if there's like a specific combination of guests and other stuff. Well, it like let's say if Clash of Champions was like fucking hilarious and good as far as the commentary, like obviously you could pick that. But like what's been consistent is we've been watching Raw more and it's been entertaining. Well, the reason I, I asked that way, I was going to specifically say the uh, the team combination where it's it's the same raw team, but then they added Cornette. You could do that if you want. You yeah. can do that. Yeah, sure. That's that's so that specific. Uh, yeah, because that specific thing is like it's the same team that we already have, but you elevated it with having Cornette because that, that was that was good. Yeah, we're gonna get him down the road on commentary soon. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm guessing we're all. Cho- oh, you just did the one with Jim Cornette, and then Zach, you're choosing what? Oh, it's uh, Vince Savage, Heenan, and then Tony and Jesse are number two. So. Okay. <laughs> Where's the overall perform? I'm going first. Max Payne. <laughs> you got a hate art <laughs> for Max Payne. Yes. And that's it. I don't have any honorable mention. Chaz, what about you? Um,. Yeah, I've got Max Payne and uh, honorable mention Johnny B. Bad. Because <laughs> fuck that whole thing. I never want to watch the two of them wrestle ever again. Like each other. Ah, awful. <laughs> and I'll do an honorable, honorable Giant Gonzalez. That's an, mm-hmm. I, that's an addition on my end because, man, watching him move, it's like, it's like watching water boil in slow motion. It's like watching a turtle have sex. <laughs> no, that, no that, that's when the Luger was in pain. That's when Luger was throwing punches. Yeah, each time he threw a punch, it's like it's like that extra hump. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's like how I go to the it's like he's terrified, but at the same time, he's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worst overall performer is Giant Gonzalez with an honorable mention of Paul Roma. Ooh, mm-hmm. the vacuum cleaner. He's a vacuum cleaner, brother. He sucks. Yeah, he can do a fucking top, top rope splash. He can do a suplex, but he's fucking a charisma vacuum. He's mm-hmm. a charisma singularity. <laughs> so, 
Speaking of Paul Roma, worst promo, Paul Roma when they won the tag team champions at uh, Clash of Champions. I like that because he said he did a promo and it sucked and it was bullshit because he's boring. And then Arn Anderson just tried to fix it because he said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention: Joe Fowler talking to Hank. <laughs> That's acceptable. Uh, Chaz, what about you? Uh, I actually uh, put. Uh, oh shit! I had an honorable mention, but now I want to change it. I guess I'll have an honorable honorable. I want the Joe Fowler, <laughs> the bus driver, get uh, fucking asking him who you thinks gonna win. He's <laughs> he's, he's literally driving a giant bus covered in like slippers. <laughs> who the fuck do you think he's gonna say? It's not uh, who do you think he's gonna win. Who does he want to win? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who do you want to win? That's right. Who do you want to win? Well, I don't know. I guess I'll just change my, my entire alliance and lose my fucking job if I say the other guy. Hulk Hogan. Uh, I want him to win. <laughs> I want Hulk to come back and five slam both. Uh, and then uh, my honorable mention, the original honorable mention was uh, the uh, Paul Roma promo. Um, the actual worst promo, God, I hate I hate doing it, but I because I also had it as my best segment. But I, it's the the Shockmaster, <laughs> but specifically Sting's part, which I hate doing because I fucking love Sting so much. But it, it like made my balls itch going back and watching it. Like why? Sting, because Sting tries to sell. It's not. It, it's it's to me. It's there's something about how how the like like how mistimed the whole thing is. Because, uh, like, Bulldog stuff is great. Like, oh, cook it. Like, that's just hype and funny as shit. Sting is specifically trying to sell uh, Shockmaster like he's the goddamn devil. And I don't care that he tripped. Sting knows what's coming out there. Why Why the fuck did he think Tugboat coming out there holding, like, a shiny dildo was going to make anyone feel like that was going to be Because Sting's a fucking professional, that's why. He might be a professional, but that that promo, it's it just did not hit the mark. It's not the delivery was bad. It's just that everything around it made it bad. It, it'd be like if he was out there cutting a promo on how vicious and how fearsome a pile of shit would be, but then they <laughs> presented the pile of shit, and you're like, oh, there, there it is. It just did not hit. It's I don't know. I hate doing that because Sting's my all time favorite. Like, but about to shock is. the world with. The Shockmaster. <laughs> he, he fell on his terrible. He fell on his arse. He, he fell, fell on his fucking arse. <laughs> Again, it's it's a soft worst promo because at the same time it, it was my favorite segment, right? Yeah. So, uh, Zach, what I you got, have? I got uh, honorable mention Ludwig Borges promo because he, he he is also a charisma quasar. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish he went into like shitty neighborhoods in America and be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Look at all you this. You know welfare. who would have been really good at that would have been Claudio, but they didn't want to use him for anything like that. You know, Claudio could have done that, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to use him. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Worst promo is the Shockmaster's debut promo because, <laughs> I mean, whatever, him falling through the fucking wall is funny. But Poor then it's got Tugboat's oh. promo, though. It's, it's, it's Ole Anderson. Ole Anderson's fucking laughing. <laughs> okay. Sid. <laughs> and he starts doing the fucking Don impression. It's, it's just it's just shit. Why did he do that? Why, why why did he not just do something else? I don't understand. It's like I'm not even gonna lie. I I feel like I've repressed certain things out of my memory, and for some reason, I had forgotten that he actually talks. And he talks. Like, I, I know we just talked about this. It's so bullshit. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change what I said. I, you know, I don't have a bunch of honorables, whatever. I, I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that. It's <laughs> actually the Shockmaster actually talking is even worse. It makes things th- that much worse because then you hear him talk and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" But it's actually that that's the worst. That's like yeah, that's why I was like trying to defend Sting a little. I was like, "Man, look, Sting was doing his part," but then yeah. this shit and it's like, did Sting know it was gonna be like this? They're like, I don't know. <laughs> um, worst tag team. Bushwhackers. No, oh, the That was the, my honorable mention. Uh, I have oh man. Honorable mention. Uh, did you have an honorable mention dubs? No. Uh, honorable mention for me, uh Arn Anderson and Paul Roma. Take it for what it is. Uh, my actual worst team, though, the fucking King Kong doo-doos. Cholesterol and glucose. Yeah, fucking. That was my worst tag team, those two. Yeah, fucking Splenda and, and fucking Stevia. Say what you want about the Bushwhackers, and I can say a lot because I fucking hate them. Uh, they had to wrestle. At least... They did. They do know how to wrestle. At that point, they're old and beat up, so they just do their goofy shit. They have some kind of appeal. They get some kind of crowd reaction. These fucking colossal turds. I don't think anybody ever fucking cared about them. Like, what? They got Harley Race. It's like, yeah, people care about Harley Race, but, like, they don't give a fuck about these two blobs. (laughs) They they liked it when Sting beat the fuck out of them. That that was the only way they were going to get any kind of reaction. Uh, worst angle or or segment? Lex interviews. That was my yeah. honorable mention. Uh, who is Lex Luger? That's, that's <laughs> yep. And uh, the, wor- the and the worst angle is uh, the whole mask versus guitar match that they do. Oh man! Yeah. I didn't yeah. Think about yeah. That. <laughs> yep. So uh, I had those flipped. I have that as my worst, and I have honorable mention the, the who is Lex Luger. Zach, did you have an honorable? Yeah, it was it was who is Lex Luger for honorable. Uh, mm-hmm. The worst angle was the Shockmaster debut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, <laughs> so much, so much gets fucked up by that going sideways, and then. It would have been fucked up anyway because look at the guy and then look at his voice. It was fucked up on multiple levels. And it's just like they still try to go with it. And that's the wrong decision. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Worst match. 
honorable mention, Macho Midget and the Bushwhackers versus Blake Beverly and Brock, uh, Brooklyn Brawler and Little Louie. Um, and worst match, Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad fucking guitar versus mask match. That's my worst match. Chaz, what about you? I had uh, Giant Gonzalez and Undertaker uh, as my honorable mention, and uh, the Johnny B. Bad match with uh, Max Payne as my worst match. Like, you and I are in sync. That, that shit needs to die and never come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get better clothes. Sorry. <laughs> I got uh, honorable mention Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker. Rest in peace, match. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought you said Gaijin Gonzalez. Gaijin Gonzalez. Gaijin. It would have been way better as Gaijin. That's his younger brother. Uh, <laughs> worst match was Bushwhackers and Macho Midget versus Beverly, Blake Beverly, Brooklyn Brawler, and Lil Louie. And it's like, I know you guys hate fucking Giant B. Bad and, and Max Payne. It's not good. This shit's worse. <laughs> I love my little gaijins. I know. Hmm. The Bushwhackers are fucking awful, and I feel bad for Blake Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, time for stable uh, pickings. This is where we pick our boys. Uh, Chaz, what did you, were you the Chaz Nation of Domination? Yes, that is me. All right, who's, who's your uh, four people, or four picks, I should say? I kept my four picks pretty simple this time around. Um, oh, I guess I should ask. When I'm picking, like, I had this as an asterisk. Like, do I only pick specifically performers, or do I, uh, can I like, do I oh, include a manager? I, I had a manager or a tag team. I okay. also have. I I also have a surprise. So you oh, go. Okay. All right. So uh, yeah, I actually have uh, Yokozuna. Bret Hart, uh, Owen Hart, uh, the Steiner Brothers, and I have Jim Cornette managing all of them. Okay. okay. I'll go next. Dubs World Order. Bret Hart. Yokozuna. Jim Cornette. And we have someone new who drove a man... For a month and more <laughs> around the nation. And he didn't come back with the belt. And now he's with the Dubs World Order because he hates Lex Luger. Hank the bus driver. You put hey. a new rap on that bus. Yeah. <laughs> put some respect on his name. Mm. Respect on Hank's name, man. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So who's in ZX? You got the Heavenly Bodies. You got Jim Cornette. You got Jerry Lawler and Yokozuna. I should point out that we all three have Yokozuna and Jim Cornette. <laughs> Sid was originally there, but you said you said Yokozuna made me think a little bit more. And I was like, no, Yokozuna needs to go in because no, you got to like, have him stare directly at the camera and say "yos" or something like randomly or you know just. <laughs> Um, we can do the top twelve, or we can skip it. It's up to you all. I I would prefer if we this time around uh, top twelve talent just uh, would just 
rubbing them all together. Uh, it's, it's, like it's a quick, li- like a lightning round. It, it's just, I mean, it's just any, any, anyone that holds a belt, Bret Hart, and uh, just anyone that's not on WCW. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do this. Uh, Cornette is number one. <laughs> Brett is number two, uh, and uh, Hank the bus driver number twelve. Get the fuck out of here! Bus driver. I got it. Hank Hank versus uh, Hank the bus driver versus Mass Transit. We're gonna make this happen. Mass <laughs> Transit. Oh my god! I'm we making him. I'm making him in WWE 2K22. Hank the bus driver. Do it. I'm going to shout out Jim Cornette, Jerry Lawler, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And that's because the one time they had put him in an angle and they made him have a match. And it was, he elevated it, even if the match wasn't as good as it could have been because shenanigans. It was still like, God damn it, why can't he wrestle? Why, why does he have to be in a desk? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Del Rey and Dr. Tom. There yeah. you go. Uh, best show. Uh, Raw when Jim Cornette hugs Bobby Heenan and then the contract signing, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that was the August 2nd Raw. Yep. Yep. Raw, August 2nd. That was what I put, too, and then SummerSlam. Oh, it's fair, yeah. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good second show. Mm-hmm. Who won the Who won the month? Though I'm not sure. I think it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. I think we need to. I uh, think uh, we need to hey, change Dubs, it. Dubs, who do you want to win the month? There you go. <laughs> who does Hank? Who does Hank want to win? He wants Raw without Lex Luger. <laughs> superstars, run, run. <laughs> I want superstars to win. Yeah, we get we gotta change that award because if we're watching Raw for a while, maybe we gotta do something about that, or maybe I make a new segment. Disqualified, I suppose. If somebody yeah. gets banned for a month, they get it's we just disqualify that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that was the award show, guys. Uh, I is all out still planned? By the way, Zach, are you getting it? What, what's your deal? I guess I'm gonna get it, but. I am going to say if I watch it and I don't like it enough, I'm not going to do another AEW pay-per-view for a long time unless I go to Chaz's house because he'll, he'll buy everyone anyway. Yeah, I mean, I was going to just tell you, if you wanted to come over, you can just come watch this one for free this time anyway. I won't be able to do that. So. That's, a, that's a bummer. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, you, uh, you all heard it here first. We're all doing All Out. Uh, we're going to only do All Out. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be no adding anything. Uh, but after that, if you were wondering what is next as far as the 1993, uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about this later. But we have August 13th. Oh, no, I'm sorry. September 13th, 1993, Monday Night Raw. And then there is uh, Fall Brawl War Games. So I don't know if we want to split those two up or do it together. It's up to... Uh, you guys. So that's something we could talk about later on. Um, well, we're going to try to watch Saturday night again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, we, gave, we gave it a month, so we still have Saturday night stuff. It, I'm curious. This War Games, is this is this the really infamous War Games? 
Or has that already happened? What's the really infamous one? The RoboCop. That was before. That was 92. Okay. Yeah, that was 92. And okay. that, that wasn't... Was that War Games? I thought it was a War Games. Maybe it wasn't. It just there was a weird cage thing because Sting was all locked up, right? Because I remember that being at like some other kind of pay-per-view. It was like the clash at the Capitol or some bullshit. I don't know, but there is a War Games where Lex Luger goes, ah! Every time he gets hit, and it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Capital Combat. Yeah, and it Capital, was ni- Combat. Capital Combat in 1990. Oh, shit. That was way back. Oh, wow. With the fucking Road Warriors. Yeah. We'll watch okay. that. We're going to watch Capital Combat. And we're going to watch All Out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> a- after All Out, it's going to be two shows of uh, WCW. We have September 4th and then September 11th. Double w- shots Saturday night. Yeah. Never forget. Hopefully, no Max Payne. But anyway, guys. I hope Max Payne. I hope he puts on better clothes. Um, anyway, uh, and <laughs> I hope his guitar breaks. Uh, <laughs> My dad has his guitar. I hope, he, I hope he dies. I hope he just bleeds <laughs> out of his ass until he dies. I hope what? he gets fucking hemorrhoids. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's like anal bleeding. It's so like our friend. It's like, I hope you have all stillborn children. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you choke on goldfish. Anyway. Uh <laughs> We're going to end it here, guys. Getting some color. That was uh, fucking SummerSlam 1993. We will see you all out next time on Getting Some Color. Peace. Yeah, peace. Scissor me. Ah, uh, I get it there. Uh,